Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey man, it's Kevin Smith, the guy who feels everything he says is so important that he's got six podcasts to his name. And you're listening to Hey Fam, another podcast he's trying to get his elbow inside of, man. Spread his voice around like a virus. Hey Fam. Welcome to Hey Fam. Hey Fam story. A special, special Hey Fam story. A spin-off episode of Hey Fam. It's the fourth uh, one of these, but uh, we're doing it a little different this time. When I say these, I mean it's a reaction episode to a Star War. Uh, Normally we do them giddy as heck. Sometimes a little drunk. Uh, the, for Force Awakens, we were a little tipsy. I was extremely hammered. Last after Jedi. Last Jedi. Rogue One, we're very tired because we watched it twice in a row. What Angus is getting at. And that is Angus, by the way. That That's me, I'm force, back. Angus is back from Japan. I didn't right? die. We but, didn't have to uh, pull out the episode from the vault where we did, we did a bunch of pre-recorded episodes. We did one where I announced I'm dead and you're listening to this. I have died and... But we, we will say that for another day. I actually came back alive, so we, we won't need to play that today. Oh, as everyone who listened to the last few episodes knows, you went to Japan to, to, for your dick surgery. My, oh, that's right. I forgot what it was. <laughs> that was a month ago. Was, yeah, well, uh, it's a resounding success. Um, let's just, what was it? Was it making it smaller? Bigger. Bigger. That's right. Okay. That, 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 that helps with the next joke where I said, they said I had excess baggage on the way back. It's so a, I got that's charged. A good bit. Yeah, that's, that's a great a bit. bit. Everyone, if you just uh, pause for one moment, give Angus <laughs> a round of applause. It's a month in the making. That that's four weeks of big dick joke. <laughs> um, so yeah, Angus is back in the country after being in Japan. I my, love being here. My name's Levin. The so superior country, Australia. <laughs> I've been in Australia, the inferior country, in my opinion, to Japan. Uh, look, Japan's great, but this podcast isn't about how good. A uh, little island. Yeah, we did. We did one of those already. We did one already. Oh fuck, we have six to. months ago that came out. Through everything I said in that episode was outdated. <laughs> every restaurant, every shopping, everything was uh, shut down. But we come here tonight not to talk to you about Japan, not to mm. talk to you about mm. the many, many things that we missed out on talking about. Because did you Angus make a list away. of those? We'll do that I next did, week. Next week, but like. Sick. I can't wait to talk about God of War. I can't wait to talk about Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Yes. Deadpool Something 2. Like part- oh, have you seen Deadpool 2? Yeah, the, the latest season have you of seen Atlanta. Yeah, I yeah. got invited to the thing, but I was away. Yeah. Um, but I found out I got invited when I got back to work. <laughs> I was uh, like sitting in my inbox. I hated it. I loved Domino in it. Zazie Beats did a great job. So you hated it? Yeah, fucking... Was l- it because I wasn't there? Did, did you and I need to be Yeah, there? we didn't do it. We didn't do the premiere night. We didn't get given free Deadpool V You're Energy kidding. drink. Did you pay for this? I, I, yeah, I, got, I got freebie tickets to oh, someone okay. else, yeah. That's cool. Oh, yeah. wait. Yeah, I think you told me. I I'm, I'm, said- I'm very proud that I didn't give this movie my money. <laughs> you hated it? Wow. Okay. 
Yeah, because uh, we'll talk about it next week. But cool. they, they, for, for someone that's it, as subversive as Deadpool claims to be, they they fall on some pretty boring old comic book tropes. Yeah, isn't the whole thing? It's a yeah, it's like fridging story. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Spoilers. Damn. Spoilers for Deadpool two. It's no good. Fuck Deadpool two though. Let's talk about another movie which may or may not be no good. It's called Solo, a, a Star, Star Wars, Wars story. story. Now, normally uh, Levens and I will go to Hoyt's Entertainment Quarter. Um, to watch the midnight screening. This is yeah. What this everything about this screening was very different for everything you and I have done. Normally, it's like the first week of December. The first, second week of December. Roundabout. It's like uh, mid December. It is the preview screening is the same day as the midnight screening. Mm-hmm. So we rock up. You know, we go to the Hoyts Entertainment Quarter, which isn't a great cinema by any means, but they deck the halls don't they it is the second week of December it's the second week of December I mean you they, they take down the Christmas decorations for they, one they, night and they put the Star Wars ones back up star, but you know it's like the red carpet's still there by the time we rock up all the props are there there's like people from the 501st there it's wild it's very much fever pitch Star Wars it's three years in a row we just got used to you know uh, getting Midnight getting ready getting merry yeah. getting, watching Star Wars getting, some of us got too merry some of us got too merry but I mean it's also like pandemonium. Like there's hundreds of people at those midnight screenings. Yeah. And, and just the watching experience is so different to, um, you know, when, when you see a, a movie during the regular hours. Everyone's of the day. there to see a Star Wars movie. Everyone there is dressed to the nines. Everyone is in goddamn um, Star Wars regalia. People are dressed up as but, your favorite. But as, and as you watch like the response to, you know, and I had this when I saw, um, Infinity War on opening day. Yes, same here. The crowd reaction to everything that happens on screen is just so much. Because it was so much... for Infinity War, which is so weird. Yeah, it would have been enormous. Yeah, it would have been crazy. I, I've banned myself from Infinity from from midnight screenings, except for main Star Wars main movies. main trilogy. I agree. Yeah, like, well, what are the, what are the chapter? I don't know what the fuck you Sa- call it. Skywalker episode. Uh, no, Skywalker saga. As it's no called. Star Wars stories for my midnight just, screenings launch. There needs to be a goddamn Skywalker in these for this guy to get out of bed. But um, we did everything different this time. I went to a different cinema. You went to yeah, a So you still cinema. went to a midnight screening. I went to a midnight screening to uh, what I believe to be a um, superior cinema. Oh, right. Which it's one? It's just been refurbed. The Hoyts of Broadway. Oh, yeah, man. That's a good cinema. So that's like every cinema you sit in has reclining huge leather chairs, just like super comfortable, massive screens. The Hoyts, where well, we used to see it with all the mad Star Wars shit, like when I would, when we'd go into the cinemas, I'd be reminded, I was like, oh yeah, this is actually not a great cinema. Like it's, on the cusp, I reckon, of being due for an update. It was great. That's where I saw the Attack of the Clones crew screening. Like, it hasn't been updated for close to 20 years. Right. And much like when we went to see Rogue One, the midnight screening for Solo was only in 3D. Remember how we waited uh, to see, like, the 1215? Because it was in 2D in the smaller cinema next door. Remember yeah, we saw yeah. Rogue One? Yeah, something yeah. like that happened. And I was like, I don't want to see this fucking movie in 3D because I hate seeing... Post conversion 3D films because they're fucking horseshit. They're stupid. They're stupid. Why? It's, and I feel, has has Marvel given up on them now? Well, st- Is it Last only Jedi Star- wasn't released in it. Right. Weird. Well, so, yeah, I think I think literally that Hoyt's Entertainment Quarter is the only cinema that's still doing. No, it. Parramatta was today as well. Right. But I obviously didn't get right. tickets to it. Well, uh, yeah, I, was, I didn't want to do it, and then Broadway was there, and I'm like, it's it's closer. Like it actually took me five minutes to get there and back because no one's on the road, and it was like people weren't dressed up, but. People were all wearing Star Wars shit and it was still like a a Star Wars crowd. But uh, one person in the crowd wasn't there and that was you. And it was just, everything I'm about sorry, this Pam. was no, I'm but sorry. everything about this was just different for us. It was the first we kind of had this tradition. It was in May. 
It wasn't even December. Like every, yeah. it was like a weird bizarro version. And the fanfare in the lead up to it was was nowhere near as fever pitch as it was. It was like four not months. even not even just for episode um, seven and eight, but for for Rogue, Rogue One, One too. I, I mean, feel like what's funny though, and besides the Force Awakens, all those movies were delayed. Mm. And weren't supposed to come out in December. They were supposed to come out in May. Right. Same with episode nine. But because of the director switch up um, and it go to JJ, it's now being delayed to December. So funnily enough, Solo is the only Star Wars movie besides The Force Awakens that's stuck to schedule despite <laughs> its like extremely public like badness behind the scenes, which is so weird to me. Mm. Like you'd think this one would be like, they'd be like, oh, fuck, put it out in December. Like you guys are going to need to... But, uh, you know, Ron Howard's a real... Uh, you know, shows up early, leaves late, time to guy per guy by the sounds of things. The cruncher. Yeah. Number, I mean, you know, Richie Cunningham, he's been in the biz a lot. He's, uh, yeah, but it was everything about the screening was different for us. It's not the same. Like, also, like, I finished work that time of year and everyone's clocked off and you just kind of like, yeah, the, it's the, Christmas. December's baby. insane because oh, I'll be in the middle of, uh, like, DJ, I'll, I'll, I'll be staying up like every single night till three playing Office Christmas parties and stuff like that. Playing the Office DVDs, yeah. the box set, <laughs> just up to three, it's, going it's, to Christmas parties yeah. and just playing the Office on a huge screen for people. Yeah. This episode's funny because <laughs> Ricky Gervais uh, does a funny dance, um, but it was just everything about this one was like slightly different, which I couldn't stop thinking about because we just had three years of it in a row of this like, you know, the same type of shit. It was really, it was kind of, that to me was didn't throw me off, but I was like, oh, this is not the same. Well, I saw it a day later. I saw it today. We I, saw the day I, it came out. I saw a matinee screening. Well, I think you and I saw it like within eight hours. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah. But there was maybe five other people in my VMAX cinema. Wow. See, ours um, was full. And uh, a lot of people in the Planet Broadcasting Facebook group were posting pictures of them, them at midnight screenings mm. and being like one of three people in You're the kidding. cinema. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. So like, the excitement level was, was, was very, very... Different. This was always the film that Star Wars fans and general public weren't excited for from the get-go. I remember it being announced, a young Han Solo movie and everyone going... Why? Oh, okay. Oh. Like, I get Rogue One. Do one movie set about... Like, do one movie about a time period we know. But it's in, And then we've spoken about this for hours on the pod about the Han choice and yeah. the choice for them to do the same. But let's, we'll do a little recap. So we're going to keep things spoiler-free for like five more minutes. So if you haven't seen it yet, you've got five more minutes with us and then we'll go full spoilers just straight away because trying to talk about the movie without revealing certain things is, yeah, is, we won't is be so able to do it. annoying. It's like yeah. handicap- Come back if you handicapping yourself. Yeah. But like, were you excited for this movie? I was when... Um, I've been, there's been various stages of excitement. Mm-hmm. I was excited when um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller were directing it. Hell yeah, me too. That was that was the most excited. I was excited like, when um, Lawrence Kasdan was writing the script, who I think has been responsible for the best depictions of Han Solo on screen. So he wrote Empire, Empire Jedi. Jedi, and Force Awakens. Right. Yeah, but didn't do a New Hope and to do had, had nothing to do with the prequels. So him coming back for Force Awakens, Michael Arndt was writing the script originally, who wrote Little Miss Sunshine. And Toy Story 3. Right. And when JJ became on, so he was writing the script before JJ was hired. JJ was like, I think he was taking too long or maybe the guy, I think my, I, anyway, he left and JJ's like, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it with Lawrence Kasdan. Bring on the, bring back the Kasdan. Bring back the Kasdan. And he, uh, he turned down the prequels. He's like, I don't want to do these movies. Like he, he is considered like the soul of Han Solo in a way. Right. Like the guy who took Han from, Pretty one-dimensional and a new hope, like extremely one-dimensional, basically. Yep. 
to like um the guy you you start rooting for and you no like, he's got two dimensions he's a hero who's a bit rapey he starts um uh, roofing Leia in the Falcon but you know what I mean he starts getting a little um you start rooting for, it becomes more of the hero like yeah he becomes more of a central character than the auxiliary like oh, I can fly you here kid type of thing yeah uh, and he, he's kind of responsible I think for putting a lot of heart and soul into Han especially in Force Awakens where he's probably my favorite version of Han which I don't think that's a popular opinion. But uh, I I love the shit out of the, uh, episode seven Han. Is, he's a uh, broken man. Is episode eight your favorite Luke too? Uh, Luke's always been like never my favorite Star Wars character. He's very uh, maybe Return of the Jedi because he's kind of a yeah, badass. Like he awesome comes in and like chokes out Jabba's guards, which is like pretty Sithy. And then he's just kind of you know he teeters on the dark side a bit there and. He starts getting into his dad, which uh, I mean, I'm into, like, I, I think pre that, but maybe I think the most interesting portrayal and the most watchable Luke for me, who isn't, because Luke in the original trilogy is basically, he, he is your, like, Google goggles or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. He is what you see the saga in, but sure. he's not that innate. No. Like, he is a character who is very much, has a role, like, Ray is that for us. The, the, the person you experience the film through. So I think to me, Luke is most interesting to watch in eight because he's doing stuff that's so un-Luke-like, which mm. is exciting because he's mm-hmm. such a like predictable good guy, you know? Yeah. So I do think, I, I, I like the, the later depictions. If you, if you will, if I may put on my um, DC hat, I uh, have enjoyed the... He just wrote damaged on his forehead. I, well, I, I've scrubbed off whoever's paid on the Patreon's <laughs> name this week. I, um, I, I, I like the... the take, I love the idea of taking an established character, you Batman... And then doing reading the Dark Knight um, returns twenty years after that character's been established, not Zack Snyder style, as in that's the first version yeah, of that yeah, character. Yeah, sure. But I do think it's really exciting when someone can take a character who's been like so by numbers and then add a sense of uh, just, just 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 really have that character almost be like self reflective on themselves and play a a version that they're aware of their past. When when a character is aware of their fictional past. And is what made it. I think that's super exciting. Hey, and speaking of fictional pasts, that's exactly what this movie is. <laughs> that's Han exactly Solo's. what cinemas are. <laughs> that's exactly what the what movies are. <laughs> well, not all movies are about the past. Jurassic Park kind of is. It's like part of the past with dinosaurs. I've seen that movie, the, the trailer for the new Jurassic World, so many times. It is such a stupid trailer. There's one good trailer for it where Jeff was good at where Jeff Goldblum's in it. Yeah, he's in all, he's in this one. Oh, I've end. seen a different Where one. Where he's which... like, this is Jurassic World, or welcome to Jurassic World at the end. I think there's three floating around, and there's one I keep getting, which isn't that one. And right. I want to see that one, because I've seen this other one way too many times. Okay. Um, I saw the, the, also the trailer for the new Mission Impossible. That looks awesome. It looks fantastic. What the hell? <laughs> no, since three, since JJ took over, they have become... I saw the Brad Bird one. I thought it was kind of okay. That's the next one, yeah. So, we're JJ, Brad Bird, and then Chris McQuarrie's done the next two. Like, Ghost nor Protocol one and two. Yeah. yeah, Ghost Protocol and um, Rogue Nation. The, the new one looks rad. Yeah, you, it's, it, you know the best thing about it is it contains... Tom motherfucking Cruise. Oh, besides Tom motherfucking Cruise, it contains the very symbol of... It, it contains the literal symbol of what was responsible for cinema's worst moment of last year, which is <laughs> Superman's CG lip. It has a and real moustache on Henry yeah, Cavill. Yeah, like, so I can't... Every time I look at that, 
in the trailers. I was like, that literally is one of the reasons why that movie was like a heaping pile of shit because no one could get past this guy who looked like he was mid-transformation Jim Carrey the mask. You know what I mean? He had this like weird rubber lip going on. And I'm just like, what a baller move for um, Paramount still to be like... I remember reading like Warner Brothers were like, oh, it's actually okay if you shave the moustache and... We can. It's actually easier to CG on a moustache than CG one out, and they're just like, "Nah, bro, we're good." <laughs> like, <laughs> our director didn't get fired. Like, you know what I mean? Paramount like played yep. it real badass style. Just it's like, so good hearing. Uh, so good hearing him in his uh, in his like, British, British accent. accent too. Yeah, you never get to hear it, and he sounds sick. But yeah. you know, Tom Cruise. Superman learned, never does a British bit for some it's reason. So strange. <laughs> um, if only landed in oh London town <laughs> instead of <laughs> super. What would be called Super Lad or something like that. That'd be mad. It's like, fuck Red Sun. Like- shine your shoes, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Governor Perry, can I shine your shoes? <laughs> That'd be great, wouldn't it? That'd be so funny. Like Dick Van Charles Dyke. Charles Dickens. Like- Dick Van Dyke trying to do the, oh, the Bert from, from um, uh, Mary Poppins. Uh, yeah, Mary Poppins style. As Superman. That'd be so good. I'm flying Mary with the, um, with the umbrella. Um, it's a jolly holiday <laughs> with Diana. <laughs> That'd be so great. With Lois. He works for like... Yeah, like the sh- oh man, that's so good. The tube's broken. Get down there. <laughs> What's happened? There's a cat on the rail. That's my favorite line from Mary Poppins. The, the tube's, tube's broken. broken. <laughs> it's a funny. Um, yeah, it's a good movie. The pop, the pop man. Um, you know, yeah. he learned to fly a helicopter for this movie. So you know those shots where he's in a helicopter between like crevices of mountains. Tom Cruise. It's did. in camera. Yeah, like, there's no visual effects. And I remember Henry Cavill being like, "Oh, we thought he was gonna die like a lot of times," and he's just like, "Yeah, man, I'll do this." <laughs> just like climb on planes. Like he's actually unstoppable. That's awesome. It looks sick, right? He's like wife's back from three or something. Okay, I'm, I, I'm going. They, they are. I will speak. Um, to, I will speak on you. Anyone who wants to on why Mission Impossible three to this film is better than the current James Bond movies. I think everyone kind of agrees with that, right? I know someone in the Hey Fam chat who would probably <laughs> the guy who's who's fucked my uh, iTunes feed up because every time I go on Apple Music, my entire everyone thinks I'm into big band numbers now. <laughs> It's like, yo, Angus, play some... What do you... What? what? He's just, Shirley Bassey. We, we, have, we have someone in our Hey Fan group, shouts to Dom again, who just exclusively listens to James Bond soundtracks <laughs> on Apple Music. Non-ironically. Just like when he's like traveling and stuff. I, 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 and so my entire feed of like what your friends are listening to are just all Bond, James Bond I, soundtracks. I see, never see what you're listening to. No. <laughs> it's insane. It's it's so funny. But I yeah, they're, they're so fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, more. On, I, I might try and watch all the Mission Impossible before that. I'm gonna one comes watch. Out. Yeah, one to. I want to watch two again. I remember, like, I know it's Parramatta it's, Road, baby. It's set, someone's in Parramatta. That's right, someone's yeah. where you live. Like, yeah, someone shot around. So there. It was filmed in my house. It was <laughs> John Woo took up residence in your house. Yeah, man. And Tom has like badass hair in that movie. He has some great lines too. At one point, the tube's broken. <laughs> and he's like, quickly, the Sydney tube's broken. <laughs> and the prime minister and the prime minister of Australia is down on the tube. <laughs> Uh, so we were talking about Solo, and we will for the rest of the episode, I guess. Mm. Um, were, so you were excited for this? Yeah, you know what? I, I was excited when uh, the directors were announced. I was unexcited. I was unexcited when it was announced originally. Then became excited when the uh, creative team were were announced. Yeah. Again, that Ka- Lawrence Kasdan being attached was a big, big one for me because I'm like, oh, um, that's great. I found out much later. I think we spoke about this. This film was being developed within Lucasfilm before the Disney sale. Right. So, 789 were being developed before the Disney sale. Not 
to sell to Disney, but because George, they were just going to start doing seven, eight, nine, and spin-off movies regardless. And Solo was the one that Lawrence Kasdan was apparently. I think this is right. He's like, I will come back and help with seven, eight, nine, but I want to write the Han Solo movie. Like he's always wanted to do a Han Solo movie. He came up with like Tobias, like I think as a character is mentioned in notes for like Empire about him being raised on the street. Like if you've read like the drafts of Empire or like the making of Empire, old interviews and old books that came out around the time of Empire coming out, a lot of this movie, which is just out, is verbatim spoken about in there is in this backstory that's been around forever, which is pretty interesting. When that was announced, I was... Then, obviously, we don't need to go into the details, but the crazy public, like, classic now it seems to be the Star Wars movie-making method. You hire somebody and then replace them halfway through, which is so strange. Yeah. And I really hope it stops soon. I hope post-episode nine, where it's happened, because they... I mean, at least production hadn't started rolling. Mm. But then again, I've spoken about this with you. This has probably happened since the beginning of filmmaking, and now it's just reportable. It's probably kept yeah, under... Yeah, no, no secrets. There's no secrets because yeah. immediately Josh Trank goes to Twitter and like just, just like says like how fucked things... You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's such an immediacy now. But th- this would have happened for years. It just wasn't newsworthy. I think it was back when like film was a real... Like a craft. We'd go to work. It was like being a carpenter. And they're like, well, you didn't do a good job. You're out of here. And I was like, ah, shucks. I'll do better next time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ah, uh, shucks. The tube's broken. Uh, <laughs> go back to where you belong. <laughs> that tube's... You need to redeem yourself before you come back and do the next movie. Mr. The Tube's broken. <laughs> it's like one minute. Uh, is there a carpenter on the, the tube? Uh, yes, there is. But it's, uh, I just think it's really reportable now. And I'd like to know the motives of it being reported. Like, is it other studios getting wind and trying to bring down? But it happens just like we had with Justice League. Like, it happens so often now. Mm. It's almost strange when it does I think studios are just... Very different now too. The way, the- yeah, a tentpole film now is not a standalone film at all. It's part of a well-oiled franchise that needs to tick a certain amount of boxes. And I guess, you know, we're at this. Weird, we've spoken about this too. We're at this weird crossroads where it's a weird Venn diagram of being an artist, but also being able to follow your boss's rules. And is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I'm, we can get into that like too much at all. But it's an interesting era where there are like make a great movie for us, but be yourself, but. Also, make sure you do all these things or yeah. we'll get rid and of you. And hit these cues and use these characters. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's kind of like, ah, uh, okay. It's, it's an interesting debate about... But then again, I'm like, is that what filmmaking was more like when Hollywood was around the 50s? Like, make this movie with this star in it and you're like a by-numbers director and that's it. You were there to basically yeah. run a crew. When did the auteur start slipping in? Is it like a 60s and 70s thing when experimental films that didn't need to rely on box office return that you know what i mean i'm really curious to know when like this whole idea of an auteur and having a look became big and then like celebrated as opposed to the you know it was like celebrated when like kubrick would go over budget or a movie would take 300 days to shoot where now it's like getting back to that like no you need to be trim and we need it out on blu-ray two weeks after the movie's out like it's become much more of an industry maybe again i don't know that was like a weird side. That was- it's a side that I'd, I'd much prefer to discuss than this movie, to be honest. So this movie was nothing for you. Well, we'll, we'll get to it. Were I, you excited? Let me ask you now. I was. When oh, it then was I got excited fil- when the trailers came out. Okay, yeah. I was like, okay, this is cool. They, they do always cut pretty good trailers. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I was definitely excited when, uh, when it was announced that Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah, well, we, um, it was straight know, after the Lego love, movie came out. I love out, the Lego movie. I love Cologne High. Um, I love the 21 Jump Street movies. Loves the tube. Um, and I love Clay with a Chance of Meatballs. This guy loves the 21 Jump Street movies. Yeah, yeah I know you do, Jeff. Um, My name. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, when they, when they were dispatched after, yeah. after filming 
all but a month of the movie? Was it? I think they were like something crazy. Like, yeah, I think they were over four months into the shoot or three months into a four month shoot, something like that. Yeah. And they're still credited as like executive producers or yeah, something like that. They watched the cut apparently were like, yeah, we're not the directors. Yeah. And Ron Howard's like responsible for 80% of the film minimum. That's so wild. It's insane. That's um, what I mean. He's so, a real... So they, they, they must have drastically rewritten and reshot. I don't and... think rewritten. I think a lot of it was reshooting. And right. also, I mean, we, we, we you know, there, there was a, it was a Hollywood reporter, one of the, one of the rags <laughs> last week, uh, a lot of uh, unnamed sources came forward and, kind of spoke more on stuff that you and I have heard and maybe even hinted on and here or spoken about that basically they would waste, which I'm doing in inverted commas for anyone that decides Levin's saw that, (laughs) but waste um, a lot of time ad-libbing and spending a day on one scene when they were supposed to do maybe three scenes, like try to ad-lib and add extra stuff. It also became, I think that was irksome to Kasdan, who was very protective of the script and was actually on set every day, which is kind of rare for a screenwriter. Sure. Who was kind of like, they're changing the script. It was a lot of factors, but it, a lot of crew members were like, it, they would spend a lot of time um, not kind of following the producer's instructions, which I you think you've kind of got to do on a movie. That's a producer's role. You've got to shoot these scenes today, budgets for this, budgets for that. They'd already gone over their um, per diem, I think. They would go over and have to pay extra, like they'd have to, the guy who was in charge of like their shooting, their CFO, or like uh, definitely not the CFO, but the person who was in charge of overtime for extra stuff was constantly... I think that was the red flag. Kathleen's like, why do you keep coming back and asking? But this movie's budgeted and they were just going over, over budget because they were shooting stuff that they didn't have to shoot like over and over again and trying to like add bits. And I'm so interested to hear if we, if we ever get a breakdown of what was stuff that Lord and Miller shot. Imagine if it, like the dailies come out or like something like that. It'd be yeah, amazing. Very interesting. But uh, that's, that was the alarm bell. Apparently the, the person who was in charge of the money yeah. was like, Kathleen's like, why do you keep coming? Like, What's, what's all this money going to? And it was like, well, you're not making the movie the right way and you have to go. And apparently they were not... I, I, and again, this is probably... I, I mean, we don't know the source, but they didn't work with the DP too much. They weren't really interested in a lot of the collaboration nature. And the dude who plays Han Solo himself. Yeah. was a, Apparently he was one of the guys who was like, oh, this is quite different to the... I, I don't like the way this is going. They kind of made him... Ex- the, the word was... The, the word like Ace Ventura-esque was thrown around. <laughs> Amazing. Which, again, I would love to see yeah. a cut of that. I'd love to see when Han spe- meets Chewie and speaks to him out of his ass, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bending over. Um, that would, I mean, that would have been a, 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 a like a real, a real um, big tick in the canon for and me. Then, like, has to like a Tuscan Raider that like, gives birth to him at one point. <laughs> Comes out of a banther, yeah. like the big things the Tuscan Raiders, yeah. right? That'd be amazing. That's what I meant. Fuck, that'd be great. Not a good Star Wars fan over here. Well, this is good. I mean, this is why this pod's great. You've got me, who it's like my dogma and like obsessive and. Can't, cannot view them really as movies. And then we've got Whereas you. me, Dogmo is my dogma. <laughs> the Kevin Smith movie. Kevin Smith over here. <laughs> Man. Uh, so I look, miss I, doing this so much. I, I've loved, like genuinely loved every new Star Wars movie we've gotten. The, I mean, there have only and been three so far. I think you Rogue far. One more than me. Like you were so like, Rogue One. And I know a lot of, I know a lot of people have like, you know, do, do, like hate Rogue One. I love it. Yeah. I think just as a movie, as a, 
as an adventure film that captures the same magic that A New Hope did the same time I saw it. It'll always be the first spin-off Star Wars movie too. Like it has this weird esteemed. It was. It is what it was the first to do a non-episodic movie. Like it has a very special, important role in the canon. But it felt like it. it still felt like a really new story to me. Even in like the lead up to it, I was quite excited for it. Um, obviously, look, look um, episode seven and eight, like they're incredible movies, mm. um, and I would like them as much as I like. Um, the first two Star Wars movies, yep. but um, just in the lead up to this, the trailers were like okay to me. Like there was some great; they looked incredible. And, and th- I this still think movie, it's probably the best. I, I I might even call it like the best looking Star Wars movie. Uh, the palettes, the so, so moments of it. I, I think it's also the worst looking Star Wars movie in parts right. two. So much of it is just un, like unnecessarily dark. I, I loved the darkness, right? Like okay, opening sure. in the dark. Like I, I was seeing things I've not seen in a Star Wars movie, and oh, um, is it unnecessarily dark. No, I don't think not for no, me. No, no, I, is that the right word to use? Yeah, it is. Okay, sure. I think so. Thanks. I, I, we get, I, the we get real, real language hounds guy. on my back up on this podcast. Uh, the DPs, a young guy, did a rival. Deadpool. <laughs> I think I've, I think we've actually made this joke actually this week on another podcast talking about Star Wars, Amazing. but it's just about the same thing. Give it a shout out. Total reboot. Total reboot. Um, by the boys who've probably been on this podcast Almost after Tommy Dasilo. Alexi, no, I think Alexi beats Tommy. Alexi is the reigning champ. Alexi totally opposite Cameron James. I miss Cameron. I haven't seen Cameron. It was so great long. to see Cam. He's got good hair. He has great hair, and it was one of those pods where you don't leave immediately afterwards. You don't pick up the money on the counter and walk out. You you, you hang around and crack a few coldies. You know what I mean? And have Sounds a good chat. So good because like as much as we don't we, we don't get to hang out with those guys. For yeah. pleasure that People much. listen to podcasts. They think all the podcasters just hang out nonstop. I think we go to they one. Think we stop finishing. Hey, fam, Amelia. Oh, look. Let's go to Mark look, Maris garage. Mark, <laughs> Mark at the garage. Go have Mark. Yeah. And then like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's it's cereal. Yeah, we'll help you write season three. Yeah, I've got a magnifying glass. Let's go find some clues. <laughs> Who did this? Who done this crime? Who did done this crime? Then I, then I, afterwards I go grab a cup of Joe with Joe Rogan. <laughs> then I... um. Come up with show. Then I go through um, Will Smith's cat back catalog to come up with new show titles for the next Will Anderson stand up show. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. Do you think Will Smith knew about Will Anderson's Millennium show? Did he actually do a show called Millennium? Or Will 2K? Or was it. I get confused. Actually, that can be a funny BuzzFeed quiz. Is it a Will Smith album title or a um, Will Anderson stand up to a name? That's pretty good. I thought so. Um, but, but yeah, uh, Cam, yeah. Cam and Alexi have a podcast called Total Reboot. Where they go through. It's, it's, it's on. It, it, if you were a subscriber to the Blank Slate, it's the same feed. It's the next season of the Blank Slate, if you will. They go through the. <coughs> Like they'll they'll do Jumanji one week and then Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle the next week. But for Star Wars, obviously with its forty something years cinematic history, they started with um like Akira Kurosawa, who was a big influence on uh George and Star Wars. Uh the original trilogy, the sequel trilogy, the prequel trilogy, which was me, because of my uh, expertise as Sydney's number one prequels expert. Uh, everyone else who worked in the prequels are dead, so I am the only sole survivor. I think of, uh, Nick Nick Mason from Weekly Planet was the guest did, on uh, the original trilogy. The original trilogy, and Rove McManus was on Solo, which they put out the day after. Which like, oh great, like yeah, if people are going to listen to one of your podcasts this week, uh, thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> but no, we had a good chat about uh, prequels and all things prequels, and all three of us loved the prequels because they were like the Star Wars movies we saw at cinemas and that weren't existing as a pre-established you know, historical context that we've just inherited knowing that they're big movies. Like, you know, we had a special spot for the prequels. Mm. But uh, yeah, listen to that. But yeah, we made that. But yeah, they did look different. Young young DP. Talk um, about Solo again. Yeah, Young DP, not DP2. Uh, worked 
did like the arrival uh, arrival um really has like a really unique look and i was really into that look yeah so i thought i thought it looked good i just there was nothing exciting about this movie to me in the lead up besides seeing um donald glover's lando calrissian which was an immediate everyone was visually even when he was announced as being cast it was just like oh yeah well he gets announced on anything and people like fuck yeah yeah totally like they're remaking good burger and donald glover's playing all the cast (laughs) they're doing a pootie tang remake (laughs) (laughs) and also they're doing a white movie and donald glover's in that too and donald glover's in that too (laughs) um the yeah that was just like it was like when ewan mcgregor was cast as young obi-wan like i remember that the, the reaction being like oh yeah that's perfect yeah yeah um so i was i was excited for that i guess that was the and that was like the only form of excitement towards this movie. I wasn't excited for this or Deadpool 2, so I was like, oh boy, May's going to suck. Um, when but, me on the other side, I'm like, it's a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Like, you know, there was a drought, man. I'm still I'm still relishing in the, in the, in the well. So going into this movie, um, as I saw it today in a fairly empty cinema, yep. um, I... Uh, well, actually, no. I've already, I've already kind of let on what I think. Sure. What did you think? I found it so far to be the most unique feeling Star Wars movie in the sense it felt less Star Wars to me than any of the Star Wars films. And this is because it doesn't do like the opening scroll. It doesn't do that. Neither did Rogue One. Right. But Rogue One to me, as much as it was not your classic Star Wars movie, it wasn't an episodic Star Wars film shot a particular way like that. You know, the the Star Wars look like the episode films kind of have to feel. Yep. The it, wipes. It had Darth Vader. It had lightsabers. It had force use. It had an aerial battle at the end to get Death Star plans. Like, I remember it being pitched as, oh, it's a gritty war movie. Maybe the original cut was before um, they did some, you know, they did reshoots and made it. But that I remember watching it and kind of leaving being like, oh, that was different. It was very different. It looked different. Mm. It looked very different to your regular Star Wars movie. Very, like, it was gritty. It was warlike. But I'm like, it was a Star Wars. Like, it was... I think them kind of saying, oh, it's a gritty war movie. It's it, No, it definitely felt like a Star Wars it's a Star Wars movie, movie. Especially the final act. I mean, you've got X-Wings. You've got people trying to steal Death Star plans. It's very Star Wars. So what my initial thought on this was, I was like, oh, this feels for the first time what I thought the Star Wars spinoffs would be like, like a true genre movie. It mm. was a true... It reminded me of like a Western film, like a 310 to Yuma or whatever. Like a like it was just a heist movie with serious with a series of heists and a gang and like learning about being a, a hustler or something and it could have been set anytime it didn't even have to have Han Solo but I'm glad it did have Han Solo because I think we needed a link but it just it was interesting like for me I was like oh the Kessel Run's gonna be the third act and that's how the way the movie ends and I'm like oh it's the middle of the movie that's interesting like I was thrown off because I'm used to how a Star Wars movie is paced kind of what we said after The Last Jedi but more so for this because it was very much not paced like a Star Wars film. It was not set in the usual linear Star Wars, like over two days. I or forgot whatever. to mention we we are going full spoiler territory. Oh no, we said in five point. minutes we will. Yeah, yeah. And and we've, we've been did, we've apparently spoiler for twelve minutes. Yeah. Now. yeah. <laughs> so um, if you haven't got a human metronome like uh you know nearby, then you're lost, pal. All spoilers from this point because I want not to talk all about, spoilers. I want, I want to talk about uh, expectations. Sure. Um, so my expe- I didn't go in with crazy high expectations because much like the prequels. And also with Rogue One, like I, the stakes more so for this film actually were incredibly low. I know that Han sure. and Chewie are alive, and they're the two characters I like. I also found it 
the most serious of all the Star Wars movies I've ever seen, too. Really? Like, oh, Rogue One is for me. That's like to me a very joyless, not and not in a bad maybe way. Maybe because the jokes landed better in Rogue One, it feels like a more light. I don't think there's jokes in that movie. It's like a very okay to so before he gets fucking dies. Is, for, is, is, that's what I mean. It's like a genuinely funny. And I, I that, for me, this was like, you know, we see a lot of movies that have a lot of, you know, this, the Disney humor kind mm. of thrown it. Oh, this was serious. The this quippiness. Was, yeah. St- Solo, it's in there, but none of it landed in it. And it just, it, you know, it wasn't a serious movie. It just took itself very seriously, I thought. It was a very grounded, as dumb as that sounds, because there's like Wookiees and stuff. Yeah, yeah. To me, it's like the most grounded, low stakes, a day, a day in the slice of life of a galaxy. Normally, we're used to... So, this is why I keep referring to Rogue One. With the, with the episodes, it's all about... It's, you know, it's tiny rebellion taking on this big evil empire, the big operatic story of light and evil. Rogue One ended up being all about that. I mean, it had Darth Vader slicing up... like It was force using... It was, it was, as much as that movie was being, oh, we won't have Jedi, we won't have this in it. It ended up being very Star Wars. I was kind of expecting this like non... It, it was bigger than it was ever pitched. What I really liked about Solo, I think the most, is it wasn't that. the state. It was just... It was a genre movie. It was a genre heist western thing and it wasn't about oh we've got the weight of the galaxy like we're the only band of people who can do this like i really like not seeing those characters I, as the yeah. central leads and i was like oh these people are just trying to make some money like that was the plot they i, I want i want star wars movies that aren't about like you know the fate of the galaxy rests on our shoulders mm, and that's what i mean but- i thought rogue one was going to be that in a way but in the end, it's about... It's literally set the day before A New Hope, where yeah, it's yeah. like, where the people... And they die and get the steps. Not ragging on Rogue One at all, but it was very much a, st- a very classic Star Wars movie. Sure. It was... I think maybe originally it wasn't going to be. I think it was originally going to be a heist movie when John Knoll pitched it originally. It was going to be these guys that like break in and steal plans. Like It was very heisty. And maybe this movie has become the heist movie. I don't know. Yeah. So... But the only thing is, as much as I was... I love that this was very much a um because you, we I know so much about the canon and what Han has supposedly done. It almost felt like I'm way more excited about a potential sequel because this was a lot of yep, meet Chewie, do this, do that, a lot of housekeeping. Yeah, but do you need to housekeep in a movie? No, no that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah. And I, to me, it was housekeep. Like a lot of it, the big beats were things that I knew had happened. So yeah, but one thing I think this is probably the most accessible Star Wars movie. To, I think anyone could watch this. Well, what about New Hope? Well, yeah, A New Hope. Right. And then this, I think. Okay, after A New sure. Hope, this is the most accessible. I think you could go and watch this. Imagine seeing The Last Jedi after seeing, like. I, I reckon, I would say Force Awakens even still is more. Like, like, like if, if, if you can watch that movie without seeing any other Star Wars before it and you still enjoy it, but then oh, that's you, a good point. Then you but that's it makes you that want to go hope. back. Yeah, true. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> <but> then, <laughs> a newer hope. Yeah, but it's still, you still get more knowing about Han and Leia. You're like, oh, why is it important that Ben's Han's son? Uh, I think this definitely falls in the trap that the prequels did of it only being interesting because you know this is why this character is the way he is the thing, in the other movies. Do we need a Han Solo movie? We don't. The reality is also that Disney are going to make these movies until the sun dies or unless like cinema's banned by... But luckily on some of the planets they film them on, there's more than just one sun. There's more than one sun. And that's, that, that's <laughs> Kathleen's been really clever here. She's found them planets with big old two suns. But you know what? It, it's existing and that's the thing we're going to be getting. Hopefully not that many more character establishments. Like he's not a character that needed explaining, but I am glad I do know more about him because I found 
him to be extremely likable, and I liked this Han. I liked this Han. I, I liked. The, I liked all the. I thought the guy was. I thought Alden yeah. was great. I was like, he was good, and he was himself. I think the only performance I didn't really like was Woody Harrelson, just because he could have just been in any movie. Oh, it was Woody Harrelson. He yeah, was literally totally, Woody Harrelson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which for me, I didn't hate because I'm a big Woody man. Yeah, me here. too. But it just felt like he could he could have been in some other movie. Like, give him an eye patch or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, give him a dumb mustache. Oh, no, that's Woody Harrelson. Surely Benicio could have passed on some vocal ticks. Yeah, was or something. I, yeah. I read something funny today, and someone it was on a forum. Something. And someone's like, oh, tell is there is there a um. Do I need to stick around? Is there a closing credit? And someone's like, yeah, Benicio comes up and says, that's all <laughs> And I was like, that would be amazing. Uh, so look, for me, this movie, I... Uh, let's talk you- about what you liked about it, first of all. Um, oh, no, let's, would, would we, no, no, you say what you're going to say, then okay. we'll go through the movie. Look, look, for me, I just thought this movie, like, like I even though I was a fan of, of um, I guess the ones that get the most criticism are Rogue One and Episode Eight, I was a fan of those movies, like, same. For, yeah, of almost everything in those movies. Mm, mm. Um, but, you know, I listened, I listened to the criticism and a lot of people that I respect the opinions of said some ba- things about how they didn't like those movies and they described things as, as stupid and, you know, not Star Wars. I remember Star the Rogue Wars One big criticism and, was like, people were like, I don't care about the characters. That to me was like the criticism I remember the most. Yeah, and sure. I still don't have a problem with. Like, I like... I, I do I actually do quite care about. Yeah, that's what I mean. Stuff, I like those yeah, characters. Yeah, but, but like, you know, listen, and there were like legitimate complaints that, that, that were almost kind of like... Well, this movie wasn't really for me, I guess. This movie, my main complaint is that it was so boring. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone use that criticism against Star a Star Wars movie. Even Maybe the prequels. prequels. No, I think with the prequels. So, they, I guess, yeah, two and three have long drawn out boring parts. I, one is a fucking roller coaster from start to finish. One. Uh, Phantom Menace. Oh, for sure. I mean, we got that pod race, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you got 30 minutes of car racing. And I mean, like, to me, that's like a ball of move. That's just like, let's have a car race. I mean, what do you guys think? Hey, there was, a, there was a car race in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I uh, I just found like, you know, like the, there were some pretty good set pieces and there were some okay moments of character interactions. Um, The, 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 the uh, what's it called? Sabak. Spark was sick. Scenes were, were great. I was getting some uh, Casino Royale scenes. Yeah, yeah, vibes. definitely. Um, yeah. But overall, I just thought this movie like felt pointless and boring. I can agree with the it felt pointless because again, I said like this is what and this is what I think, man. It's not about you. You don't have to. No, think, no, no. Yeah. But I can agree because again, it's just kind of like oh, we don't need a movie about that. But now we're at a phase where it's like we've had nine Batman's. We've got this. Like when I think the way that I'm seeing it now. If people, if if if, if uh, exec catches on that someone likes a character, like guess what, motherfucker, you get in twenty movies about that person before you die or something. Yeah. But I, 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 I really liked seeing. This to me was the f- outside of no wait. I'll, I'll say what I was going to say first. It was great to see non-heroic characters and people being like targeted by what we know the big bad, the Empire. It was just good. I, I was really interested in seeing like day to day life under the Empire, just kind of how fucked it was. More so than Rogue One. Like Rogue One gave us a lot of that, but it was also people who were direct enemy of the states. Yeah, enemies of the states. <coughs> this was interesting for me to see. Just like, oh, this is what day to day is. And obviously, when there's like a lot of war going on and stuff, there's a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of black market. There's a lot of profiteering. And so I like seeing this crime kind of side to things where it was very grey. There wasn't really any good people. Like, you know, again, a spoiler. Like. There's this big emotional beat at the end where Han and his kind of mentor are both either, you know, one could shoot the other. And then mid sentence, Han just like blasts and Han kills this guy. Han shoots first, motherfucker. He shoots first. 
And I was just kind of like, like, oh, this is a movie. Like, that entire, I can thought the entire movie justifies its existence just by him shooting scene. first. <laughs> that to me was just like, great. And I was like, oh, no one's really good in this. Chewbacca is like neutral good. Yeah, yeah. Lawful good. Lawful good. <laughs> no, he rips off arms. <laughs> <laughs> Chewie to me was the best thing about the movie and Chewie is my favorite Star Wars when character. When he gets introduced as the beast. Although, fuck, I hated the bit where it was... Um, like he doesn't kill Han because Han knows Wookiee you and does it? the. Oh, I thought it, it was great. Then it translated. I love oh, Han speaking so Wookiee, dumb. but I I wish it wasn't translated. Right. Okay. But I, then we I, don't know what's saying at all because we always need one person to know what the other person's saying for Wookiee. Yeah, but he 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 still says, "Yeah, I speak a little." No, but then, oh yeah, but then he, then he's like. You know, when you speak another language, you slip into English when you're trying to meet someone in the middle. Yeah, I think they could have done that without translating. I like that he could speak Wookiee. I'm not. Yeah, I need to. I, I need hated to seeing subtitles underneath Chewbacca. He didn't have any. It was only under Han. Are you sure it wasn't? Yeah, yeah it, it wasn't okay. under Chewie. Oh yeah, because it was like oh how it was funny. him just he saying was it was like two, three subtitles. English, it was like yeah. punch big thing. Like he was speaking like a kid. Yeah, because his Wookiee was bad. I like. I loved the Han and Chewie introduction. Yeah, that was the base. Oh, that was great. I love that, and it was like what I love about it. It's a mirror image of when Han and Chewie reunite in um, Return of the Jedi, when Chewie's locked up in the cage in Jabba's palace, and Han come, gets sent in, like That's in the right. same thing. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, oh yeah, it's like it's like that baby. I thought it was interesting seeing like Han in the infantry, and like, well, that was, was for me the best the best moment of the movie, and I, I wished that the Han, this movie was just him, were, like him fighting for the Empire. I thought that was amazing. And like, that would have been like if they drew that out longer, and like he he finds out that that. Uh, that Woody Harrelson's character is is not actually part of the Empire. Like way later in the movie, mm. and that the like, you know, I didn't think that this was going to be more than just one movie, but they're clearly setting it up for more at the end. This movie ends on a really unsatisfying note. Um, well, not I guess the, the which, satisfying which part note? is that when he goes back to Lando and, and wins oh, yeah. the ship back. That's great. But before that, where his girlfriend, um, like flies off after getting a and message from Darth Maul, cock blocks him. Well, but like. Are they going to follow up on that? Is that going to sure. follow up? Yeah, well, so, sure so, so we are. I, so if if their plan was always to make more than just one solo movie, well, I don't know if it's give us be... a, give us a full movie of him fighting for the Empire. Well, oh, that, that could have been awesome. Well, well maybe we will. I mean, him. Well, it would have been great to see, like you know, like things from his past that he regrets now. Mm. That would have been really. But it, but he was in over his head and like I don't know. I, I, yeah. Uh, it, it moved too quickly through the parts that I thought were good and then lingered way too long on the parts that were dull. I thought it would be like, yeah, like you'd get a chunk here and then a chunk there and it would jump through. But it was very much like, okay, here's his youth, here's his teenage years or something. And now it's... that I didn't have a problem with that, but I did expect it to be like more about him. It was more set like in, in the span of a few weeks than it was like 20 years. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he pretty quickly gets to what we know as Han Solo. I see. I, I I don't agree with that because Han's like super cynical in A New Hope and is very much, uh, yeah. What you like? He's very much like shit talking Luke and like what you're gonna fly. You're not that good and like don't touch that. He's very like rude and he's very like happy go lucky in this. Oh, I just mean like from like a box ticking point of view. Like he's a he's a he's got the Falcon. A, 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 he's got, he's the, got the Falcon and he's, got he's got and he's got the. You know, uh, thing I run the Kessel run, Kessel run in however many parts, which we never knew what the Kessel run was. And I thought it was going to be a race, not some whatever the fuck wormhole thing. It was see, no one knew what squid it was. hole. It was like a, a smuggler's route and a parsec's a measurement of distance. Yeah, yeah, which I think is funny because when the script is written, I don't think George knew that, and he makes it sound like he's like a parsec. No one knows what a parsec is, and then for years, everyone has been like, oh, it's actually it doesn't make any sense because. 
it's a measurement of distance, not time. Like saying you've done something, especially a speed run, you use a measure of time. You go like, oh, I did that in under 10 seconds. So it's funny because it sounds like it's a run that people do, but it's normally like 18 parsecs. But because he did the 12 parsecs or rounded down, mm. which I liked him saying, well, yeah. when you round it down, it's 12. So it yeah, right, the actual distance. Yeah. Like, uh, I love uh, seeing the Falcon get trashed. And then it landing on and, that planet. And, and the reason like it looks the way it does is because he, it was the... Because uh, Han fucked it up. No, the, he gets rid of the escape pod. Shoots it to, to yeah. trick that like huge monster and then like just fucked it up. Like, it, yeah, he broke it. Like, he completely destroyed it. It was great. And then it like lands and you're like, oh, that's the Falcon. That's someone I know. I, re- I, I really like that moment. And I like the moment that Falcon is like a pure character. <laughs> like purely by the... the <laughs> that's the neutral good that you that, that of, of the movie? Yeah, the Falcon. The Falcon. The Falcon is Falcon. neutral good. But I, I, you know, I, I really liked the notion of L3's navigational charts being in the Falcon because in Empire, when the Falcon's fucked up, uh, Han's like, well, go on, Professor, why don't you go talk to it, to, uh, to 3PO? And 3PO's like, this ship has a very strange dialect. It's very odd. And I'm like, oh, that's really kind of a nice little beat now because we'll know that Lando's co-pilot is kind of... And lover. And lover. <laughs> Lando fucked the robot and the robot was thick. Did you see it's like... <laughs> Lando fucked the robot and the robot was thick. Did you did you notice it had like some booty Should swagger? Should we call the episode Lando fucked the robot yeah. and the robot was thick? Let's write it down now. It <laughs> sounds like a page out of a children's book. <laughs> what, what, what books are your kids reading? <laughs> um, I... Uh, what was this... Yeah, that was a little moment I liked. So I'm jumping all over the place. I'm remembering no, it's hey fam, motherfucker. Who yeah. cares? I liked uh, seeing the Falcon. I, I thought the movie wouldn't end with the Falcon being the, the recognizable Falcon. Right. So I was really pumped to see it make an appearance. It was not as exciting, obviously, as it's kind of like shoehorned reveal, which is amazing still in The Force Awakens. But it was not like where you're like, oh, under that top, there was the Falcon. And it's the one we know. I like seeing this like sleek piece with like, you know, beautiful looking ship. That Lando's so proud isn't that, Like, I don't like it because it's not the Falcon I know. Yeah, yeah. And then it within like the end of the movie being this trashed. Hunk of junk. Hunk of junk. I was like, oh, sick. It yep. happened. Piece of junk. Yep. Yeah. Yep. When that happened, I was like, that's, that to me was like. That's that was, my Falcon. That's my Falcon. That's my Falcon. Um, but yeah, the robot had a like booty shake. Yeah. Because it was a, the the woman who played the robot, the droid, um, the, it was actually a costume. Oh, really? And they like, uh, like colored her out. Like they painted her out. Oh, wow. So that's why it was like very, had like, yeah. Yeah, it, moved, moved unlike any other droid we've seen. You could tell it was an emotion captured yeah, like yeah. person, but it was like 3PO style almost, like it is a person. But yeah, that was kind of cool because there's so many um, see-through components that you know, a human body wouldn't allow to see through because like, you know, we have wastes and thighs and stuff. But yeah, it was apparently all in costume. So I was so expecting a cameo from Han Solo and C-3PO. Um, just not Han Solo, sorry. Uh, R2-D2. And, and uh, I don't know Star Wars. Han Solo is the blue and white robot, right? No, you know what? I said this last night. I'm so glad they weren't in it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but I was like, thank God. The cameo we do get is Darth Maul. So this is the big, big reveal at the end. It's not even a reveal, but... Um, Vision's in it, um, <laughs> as Dryden Voss, who is uh, the head of... Oh, is that who that, was, that actor was? Yeah, right. Vi- was Did you know it was Vision? I don't really Last things. night, we were chatting before the movie. We were like, we're living in the Bettany-verse, like the Bettany CU. Paul Bettany's in every movie now. <laughs> he's, he's Vision. I, he was, I liked his performance, actually, in this. Yeah, I thought he was great. And yeah. he was one of the replacements. It was... Um, so, yeah, he, repl- he was like a character... Josh ha- Trank was meant to play the bad <laughs> guy in this. <laughs> 
Josh Trank was actually TJ um, Miller and Josh Trank. Josh Trank was uh, Chewie's handler. It's <laughs> <laughs> all he can get now. He's like trying to come back. It was uh, Michael K. Williams from uh, The Wire. Oh, really? He was cast and was like a feline character. A furry. He was a furry. Lando fucked the furry. <laughs> but the I'm, furry I, what I, the other thing I was glad about, and this ties into that, is I liked how... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Human, it was. It was very, besides like the worm lady at the start and obviously that was Chewy. Weird. Um, I'm glad. It, what I like, it, it, there was a lot of, I like the fact that he was just like a human crime lord. Yeah, that really felt like a like a like, yeah, a, like someone you would see in a, in a like a crime Scarface movie. Yeah, or something yeah. like that. Like I was in, I, I kind of like. You're gonna hate me for saying this. This movie reminded me of like The Rock or um or Con Air. I, I don't hate like, you for saying like that. Like those at all. like '90s action movies. I think see, there's genre movies. Yeah. And this to me was that it was a yeah. genre movie. That's what I mean. You could watch this and still get that. Oh, these people are trying to steal something. Doesn't talk about the criminals of- come good, like all that. Yeah, for sure, it's a genre film. Ridiculous action setups. It's very western. It's a super big western. I found more so than like a just pirate. the train bit. I kind of yeah. There, so there are mo- I- the life lessons and the like. Oh, we're a bunch of like people who don't trust the next person next to you. Sure. Like, type of thing. That to me. Was- I wish they said that more in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll do my cut. I'll do. <laughs> I'll get the Phil Lord and Chris Miller. It's gonna be um. Um, Alden speaking out of his ass. If this is a DC movie, Woody Harrelson would have had Don't Trust Me tattooed across his forehead. <laughs> no, Woody Harrelson would have been ripped like Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> yeah. like, just full rippy dog. Uh, I, yeah, look, I Maul. So at the end, the big reveal is Dryden Voss was working. He, he mentions once, he's like, well, you know, my boss won't agree with that. And we find out that, and you knew and I knew that Darth Maul has... You know, famously has survived his death, on-screen death in the Phantom. Yeah, we Menace. saw him get get sliced in half at the end of Phantom Menace, and then he returns in the, the, the Clone Wars. You Clone find Wars out he's actually series. been alive for ten years, surviving off like his pure hatred. Basically, he fell to the bottom of like the Naboo shaft, and you know, same thing when we take our trash out. There's a big old trash planet, and he was like dumped on a trash planet, still like surviving on the fear, the, the hatred of Kenobi. And then he built like cybernetic legs, like spider legs that he controlled with the force and his horns grew and he just became crazy and like obsessed with Ben Kenobi. Right. And wanted to kill him. And then his brother found him, Savage, and his brother kind of like 
brought him back to their home planet, which is a um, matriarch run by Sith like witches. They're not witches. They're called night. Sorry, they're not Sith. They're night sisters, and they use it's the first time we've kind of seen a non-Jedi use the Force or a Sith. They use it for like magicking. They're kind of like witch doctor type of people, and they kind of build legs for him. He comes back and he he goes to he, he basically goes back to Palpatine and is like, "Please take me as your apprentice." And he's like, "Fuck off! We've got we've moved on from you." And he becomes this like crime lord. He like renounced. He's not a Sith. He's just called Maul, and he's just becomes this kind of crime lord who ends up taking over a lot of crime syndicates to kind of piss off Palpatine. Right. So he's this established underlord figure, underworld figure. So for me, that was no surprise, but I was just still shocked to see this, like probably the most iconic, I'd say like top 10 iconic Star Wars characters and definitely the most iconic character from the prequels appear in this film. And I mean, it's almost a Nick Furian because now you're like, well, if they're doing the Kenobi movie, is Maul the villain in that? Like, are they basically reintroducing yeah, So, maybe we won't get a solo sequel. Well, that's what I was going to say before when you were talking about Kira and stuff. And yeah. like, oh, they're going to do this. It's unsatisfying. I'm like, maybe we'll get it in a Kenobi movie. Yeah. So, this is almost like a, a prequel trilogy again. Well, not maybe like it could be set before. Maybe it could be set after. I mean, who knows? But do you remember Casino Royale? This movie also reminded me a lot of Casino Royale where we haven't seen the Bond that we know. Remember, like, Vespa in Casino Royale? It's like, Bond's like, let's get married, I'll quit the oh, MI6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was um, Kira. Like, that's sure. his Vespa. Like, that to me is the person that makes Han not trust people. Because the dude got betrayed by everybody in the film, except for Chewbacca, basically. Love you, Chewie. And Rio. Rio was great. I want justice for Rio. Who's Rio? The four-armed little uh, Johnny Favreau. <laughs> so, yeah, Johnny Favreau voiced, uh, like, his Monkey. six-armed... <laughs> creature yeah or four arms two legs i was uh i was sad to see him die i did not like that that very much his character you I, like I, it? I liked his character i just did not think favreau was a good choice of voice to come out of that face you think so it felt a little bit too rocket raccoony to me it was actually you name it yeah it's extremely right no i didn't have a problem with that but it is very rocket i loved the reveal how it was just this guy in a stormtrooper helmet. well i liked that that, that was, was cool yeah, yeah. and then he's just like i saw your arm pull your pants off like yeah. why you got this guy as a pilot and i was like oh that's cool that's nice yeah See, oh, yeah, I, it. There were moments like that train heist moment. It was sick. I would have liked for the entire movie to have built because that was the most exciting part of the like the entire, most exciting set piece. I thought I like the Kessel Run. Yeah, just because it looked like something I'd never seen in Star Wars before, where it's very much space and sometimes asteroids. Like I love seeing this kind of purple, these light, like, this I, big I, old squid. Yeah, I was so into it. Um, Enfys Nest. I love that character. I, Oh, the, the, the put, Marauder who yeah. come, yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, I got a combination of Akira vibes, the choir, like the, every time they came on set, you kind of got this like chanting children's choir, which was music we've never heard in Star Wars before. And I was like, this is sick. The big bikes and this choir. It was, was a like, bit Mad Max. It was Mad Max and Akira to me that moment, but also extremely Princess Mononoke. Oh, no, I meant when, um, when they took off the helmets and it's mostly kids. That bit, but when and she took off... Like, that's very beyond fun to know. It also reminds me of Mononoke. Yeah, yeah. There's this, like, powerful person with this Definitely, huge mask yeah, yeah. with fur who's kind of this, like, menace. And then eventually you find out it's this, like, beautiful girl. Mm. I was like, oh, I got, like, extreme Mononoke vibes. But that person was really interesting to me. That's, like, a character we've kind of not seen before. And love the fact it was... When the mask was pulled off as this reveal, I was like, fuck, I hope it's not, like, Tandy Newton or, like, Kira. I was, like, going through... But I just love the fact it was, like, a random girl. Yeah, I was like, sure. that's it. I was like, yes, I want, like... The thing that I liked most about this movie, just, you know, they did some uh, fan service moments, Darth Maul. They did some fan service moments. Well, everything I mean, linked to Han Solo's past all being part... Everything everything linked to Han Solo's character as we know him all being given to him in, like, the space of a week. To me, yeah. But also, well, 
Not a weird And also, thing. like, the shoving the dice down our throats at all points, uh, all moments. I didn't mind the dice. I like the dice. Have, you, have we ever noticed them in a Star Wars movie before The Last Jedi? Yes. So, in one shot in A New Hope, when Chewie's preparing the Falcon before they leave Tatooine, um, he hits his head on them. You see these gold dice and you never see them again. Right. I think they either took them off or the camera frame was never high enough. This was what... And I, I really am pissed at JJ for this when... Han got the Falcon after they left Kanji Club and did the jump. When he comes on, he's like, oh, I'm back. And you see that shot of him like in the cockpit. This is a deleted scene. He pulls out the dice and then puts them up there. And it's uh. not in Force Awakens, which I'm like... Because when Ryan wrote the script based off the Force Awakens script, because I hadn't even finished shooting the Force Awakens, that's why he made the dice such a big thing. Because yeah, he's right. like, oh, there's a scene with Han popping the dice in there. So no, we have seen the dice. Uh we like if you if you're an like a on the spectrum fan like me like you know the dice, <laughs> but I, that's why I didn't mind seeing them because they played a part in eight. Like I was like, oh good, it kind of justifies eight more so as that being like his symbol. Like maybe we'll see it be used more. I don't know. Yeah, but fuck us. More. I, what I liked about this more, the most, yeah. besides more and um, bes- not no, I liked more, but besides the um, this to me made Star Wars feel like the biggest galaxy yet. The other films are very much like everyone knows... There's a Skywalker and everyone knows a Skywalker. This, besides the obvious, he has to know Chewie, he has to know Lando, which is established in the later movies. This just made the Star Wars galaxy seem big to me. Like the biggest... Well, especially thing. when you... Just saw, like, I love the representation of the Empire as this thing that you sign up for. When it's like, go see the world. Exactly. Explore, I was yeah, like, I, I, that was yes. really cool. And like that, That's what that, I meant before. And then the actual war scene... The just- where it's him the fighting you know, like, to it. I loved that. And that he's like, oh, we've got to get the insurgent. And he's like, well, that's us. Like, this is someone's planet. I was like, yeah, this is like, that's what I meant before. I was like, was we got to see the Empire through like a normal person's eyes and not like a rebellion soldier or not through like a Jedi. It was just like, oh, this is life under this oppressive regime. I yeah. like that a lot. But it made me, um, it just made the Star Wars galaxy seem bigger again to me because it was characters who don't aren't like, oh, yeah. I met this old guy in a bar last night, wore a cloak. He said his name was Kenobi. Like, you know what I mean? There yeah, was yeah. very little... There was a bit of a fan service moment where he's like... Um, Lando's like, oh, I will take that discount because I heard you're the guy that killed Aura Singh. And that's like a bounty hunter that you see a shot of in The Phantom Menace and as a character in The Clone Wars who's like on uh, Friends with Boba Fett. And he's like, well, I pushed her. I don't know if that's what killed her. And they mentioned Bosk in another line, who's like the lizard bounty hunter we see in Empire. So there were little fan service moments like that, but nothing like to it. Just it did it. It made the universe seem big again. There was a lot of new characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then they weren't like, oh, we've got a distress call from a princess from Alderaan. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? sure. Yeah. There was none of that. It made it just seemed there were planets we hadn't seen before. There were, it just seemed bigger and like they could have had Jabba in this film as Dryden Voss almost like have Han meet Jabba that way. But I like the fact. Obviously, this galaxy is so big. There are different crime lords. Mm. I, I, to me, again, it was like, oh, cool. The galaxy just seems not as conveniently bow tied together because there has to be a Skywalker in this one. Yeah, I just yeah. For me, I think overall, this movie tried to do too many things and didn't do any of them particularly well. And I mean, is that what's going to happen if you're going to make a movie that doesn't really need to exist? You yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. And so, it's, well, no. I mean, I kind of this because of my low expectations. This totally had the like potential to blow it. Blow it out of the park for me. Mm. Like, what is it even saying? Yeah. But, um, but blood out of the water. Blood out of the water. Whatever it is. Knock it out of the Fuck park. Fuck the robot. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the robot. Fuck the and robot. The robot was thick. Um, I just yeah. I, I I would have loved to you know the more comedy kind of driven one or even one that 
explored, like I said earlier, like you're like you know him with the Empire. I found that a really interesting plot point that that's how he got out of Carillion. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'd love to see an original script. I would like to know what happened. Yeah. I mean, again, who knows? This shit's under. It totally felt like a movie that was not as bad as Justice League did, but it felt like a movie that was finished by someone who didn't. No, you see, I found Rogue One more so to be disjointed with beats and characters, where I was like, oh. Do we need Saw Gerrera for the whole... Oh, fuck. You know what? Every time I think about Rogue One, I forget about Saw Gerrera. That's the single... Like, like that's top five worst things I've ever seen in it. In that, that, the brain slug or whatever the fuck thing that that's was. That's when I can tell that that movie had script problems and another person come in and finish it off uncredited. So you know it was easily. finished yeah, by yeah. Tony Gilroy. Yeah. This to me seemed like a whole product. Way more. Way, way more. Yeah. So definitely. Like it looked one. the same for the whole movie. Just a boring one. See, I didn't find. I, I, I am so here to find. I, I, I want to watch movies well, about I, Han and Chewie forever. I've said, I've said the things I liked. Can you tell me things that you didn't like about the movie? Again, seeing it at midnight, like my perception, and I'd had recorded to like one the night before, so I was already tired, and I was like, I'm gonna come home. I'm gonna have a sleep. I didn't. I stayed awake, and so I was already kind of tired. I was like, all right, I got to stay awake, and I was kind of like. That nervousness that I always get before a new Star Wars movie. Where well, you can't talk to people. Yeah, and I so I, I'm not He's even great sure company what my perception of things, guys. <laughs> well, no, you know I was fine for this, and Chloe was like, yeah. "It's she's like it's only the episodes you really get tetchy about." Yeah, she's like for Rogue One, you were fine, and for this, like it was just kind of like the stories for me. I, they're not like the I can take and leave the fact sure. that they exist. It's the episodes that I'm like so holier than thou about. <laughs> but uh, I was fine. But I with things I didn't. Like, I mean. The score to me at the moment isn't crazily recognizable. I thought yeah, the music was nothing. So I mean, yeah, I, there was. I remembered bits when you heard like "Duel of the Fates" when you saw Darth Maul, or the, the the melody that gets repeated throughout the movie sounds more like something out of a Zelda game. And here's what's interesting: that's the only bit of music that John Williams composed. Yeah, the right. Han theme. Did you hear that a Zelda? Vibe? It yeah, sounds like now a, that you mentioned it, an I Ocarina of Time melody or something. The music or didn't stick out. Really. The music didn't stick out for me. Da, 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 I, I loved the way melody. it looked. I liked the darkness. I liked that it was not bright. I liked it went from like stark bright in the sun a lot of the time to like dark den, like dens. Mm. I like that a lot. Um, I, 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 I really need to see it again. Well, see, so the thing, the last three that I've seen, I've finished and I've either seen it again the next day or like that weekend, mm. I don't think I could sit through Han Solo again. I need to see it. I'm going to see it again this weekend. I, I, I I'm just, looking forward to seeing it again as well. Now that I know what to yeah. expect emotionally, that I can now sit back. Because I saw um, Infinity War again. It was kind of the same thing. I was like, fuck, I know what's going to happen now. And I really like, not enjoyed it more. I enjoyed it the first time so much. But I was that second viewing for something that I care about is so much, sometimes much more, I, I can view it more as a film. Did you enjoy the pace of it the whole way through? Was what I said before at the start, like the pacing to me is so different that I'm still kind of thrown off by it, by what I know is like, it's imprinted in my DNA, like what a pacing of a Star Wars Oh no, is. I mean, I'm sorry, this is just going back to Infinity War quickly because I'm just that, oh. that desperate to talk about anything else. <laughs> the pacing was fine for Infinity War, I thought. Yeah, because that's like, the, like, the main criticism is that like that, that because it jumps from... But you sp- it's, tableau to tableau, or whatever. That's what I love. Yeah, me too. It, was it like, what are you going to do? Like, you're not going to like do Infinity War, Thor's version, and then next week you go see Iron Man. This isn't Arrested Development that's what season I have to say. four. It's not Arrested Development. We're watching the remix season of Infinity War. The funky mode. The <laughs> baby mode. <laughs> um, but yeah, pacing's fine for Infinity War. Um, 
Yeah, I thought the, 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 the pacing I didn't have a problem with in Solo. I think it was just the content, the writing, mostly the writing. Uh, I thought the direction was fine, and I, thought, I, thought, I think it was just it was it was unnecessarily long, like more so how, than how long is it? Uh, it definitely goes. You can look it up, something? but it was definitely well over two hours. Yeah. Um, there were bits where I was like, that's where I was like, oh, Kessel Run's not the end. Yeah. Because I'm used to like the set piece being yeah, the sure, movie. Yeah. That's what, and so that's why I was kind of like so interested that the the final scene, this is what I was kind of excited about. The 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 final scene where there's like a battle is in a dude's office. Yeah. Which you've never seen in Star Wars. And I was kind of, that was I was pretty... that. I was like, oh, this is cool. This is like a kind of real, no one's using the force here to block like lasers or stuff like that. Oh, this is like, what this is, this is what I meant before. This is like slice of life Star Wars. Yeah. I kind of wish they stuck to that. Like I was like, oh my God, we're actually going to, Go through this entire Star Wars movie without seeing a um a lightsaber. That to and me then, is the moment where I was like, why did he turn on the lightsaber? Yeah, Darth Maul like while on fucking Skype, just like pulls his lightsaber out, and you see both ends are lit. But you know what? And he spins it round. <laughs> so funny. If you see him on Skype in um the Phantom Menace, he's the same. He just is like he's. I think he's got. I almost think he's like a cam boy. Like he must be. <laughs> it must be how he makes his money. Like when he's introduced in the Phantom Menace on yeah. board, they're like. Uh, I'll send uh, my apprentice over Darth Maul and then this music kicks in and he just does this big arm fold and the do, 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 and the shot I'm is trying, like just I'm staring at him trying to do this, the, the, the Skype ringtone yeah. Do, yeah, yeah. Do, 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 and he's do, just do, like do. staring and it's this like bad boy for life look and I just think that's who he is man it's canon that he's like a dickhead on that but no I found the lightsaber was very I was like is he trying to intimidate her now that she's his like second in command yeah. is that I don't know two but hours 23 minutes that's the right time so your average kind of Star Wars length. Yeah, I just I really thought I thought this one didn't need to be this long. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and it wasn't that like there were unnecessary scenes. There were just it was everything was just longer than it needed to be. What did, and what, drawn did what, out. What, what, what are like three things you really liked about it that you were like that's cool? The I think I've said them all already, but the the the, the war scene like where where yeah. earlier on where he was actually fighting that was like war more and, war than anything we'd seen in Rogue One, which well, was pitched as like the the well, you know it's, it's the more the more more like you know. Regular, it was like World War Two. Yeah, like totally. Ryan. Yeah, I love like that shit. People was, talking mid sentence and then getting shot. That was that with lasers. Like I've never seen that. I want that, that. Like ground force war with lasers. You know, it was like it was kind of like the start of like, um, Terminator Two Judgment Day. Yeah, you see Judgment yeah, Day, yeah. and it's like the desert, and it's like Earth, and it's just like. I really enjoyed the back and forth between Han and the Empire agent that he signs up with. Did you like the? What do you think of the Solo surname? A lot of people are like, I hate that. It was. Fine. I mean, it was a, it was on the nose, but it was fine. It like, reminded me, and I'm wondering if it's homage to The Godfather when you see young um, uh, in, in the, 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 the second Godfather Part Two when it goes through uh, Colleone's like history as a little boy coming to New York in like 18 something. Yeah, and he's literally at the immigration thing at like Ellis Island, and. Uh, they're like, what's your name? And they give him his name. And then they're like, they give him another name. Like, uh, Don Colleone. Like they give it, well, not Don. I forget his real name, <laughs> his character's name right now. But they give him a different name. They use his, like, where he was born as his surname. Right. Because he can't. Yeah. And I, I, to me, it's almost like beat for beat the same. It would have been great if the guy was like, oh, there's any, like, you, I don't have any family. He goes, oh, all right. Han single. And he's like, no, no, Han Solo. Han Solo. <laughs> I, um... I, I, I'm like starting to think I'm like is Solo like a name people don't like in the gal is it like a, a name they give bastards or like a Jane Doe or John Smith you know what I mean are there a lot of Solos because of that is it this like designated oh, right. and maybe I'm like is that why Ben hates his name so much because he's like a product that's why he hates his father is this like nothing legacy man right 
but maybe not. Maybe the guy was just like, he puts in solo because he's by himself. I don't know. But I'm curious to know now. I'm like in universe explanation. I'm like, is that like an, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I know when your surname's Snow, it means you were born like out of wedlock. My, um, my wife's family are Lebanese. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Lebanese now that you're in the family. That's true. But they have a lot of friends who have the, um, surname of Wahabi. Wahabi. Which is spelt, or most of the time spelt W E H B E. And um, when a lot of the, like, you know, the generation or two above us, um, before us, immigrated to Australia, um, when they immigrated, they said, what's your name? And they would say, like, Wayabi, Wayabi. And so they've all got their names, like, all these different families that are related have their last name written differently. Oh, wow. To the point where... But they're all related. Yeah. They're, like, blood relatives. But but it was just all up to the interpretation of the... Of the Australian immigration customs. officer, exactly. Or whatever. Yeah, so wow. one of them, one, one family is um, Wobby is spelt W O B B Y, like Wobby. What's the correct? Is, what did, what's the original spelling? Wobby. Wobby. Like, yeah, yeah. Have they ever wanted to like sync up? Uh, I think it's just like like you know like if I, I yeah I mean I, I think it took a generation for them to realize that, really that it had been spelt That's really wrong. Funny. And hey, solo then it's, yeah. big commentary on our immigration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then obviously you know our friend Batesy, who I think we've mentioned a couple times yes. on the podcast before. Um, Batesy's name is Alistair, but it's spelt fucked. Like it's A L I S. Oh, but it's literally spelt F U C K D A I R. And because his right. dad, when he went to register his birth name, just that's he thought that's how you spelled Alistair. Is that is that legitimate? I love that story so that's much. That's incredible. So that's like a plot line out of The Simpsons or something. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, I thought that like him taking the name of Solo because it was suggested by that officer. I, that was, I like that. that. was sweet. I, I was yeah. into that. I, to me, I was like, oh, that's that's nice. That's something I, I now know. And then, yeah, the um, the Sabak scenes, well, I, I really enjoyed too. I thought Lando was a bit of a disappointment and just because there were like his inflections on certain words changed, like his accent I've changed. Noticed, There's one scene in particular. Chloe said in the car last night, he broke and sounded like Donald Glover. And then went back to being Billy D. Williams or vice versa. Yeah. In one scene. I almost was- feel like he, he, he was more comfortable when he was just being Donald Glover. Yeah. And then when he was really trying to inflect the same way Billy D. Williams was, it See, didn't it looked like really to work. me that he was impress- trying to uh, impersonate Billy D. so much where Alden was like, I'm going to do my own Han Solo. Yeah. Which I, and, he, and he stuck to it, which I think worked better. Yeah. I, th- I, re- I really enjoyed that Alden's, dude had a hard role. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Like, and I, I think he because really he certainly put, doesn't look just like Harrison Ford. No, so yeah. And I think he, I, I think he really pulled it off because he's, a, he's actually a good actor. Like, he's great in, um, you know, uh, Hail Caesar. I think yeah, he's I've like, not, I've not seen that. It's one, oh, one, yeah, the one comedy maybe I haven't seen. He's hilarious in that, but I, I think he had such a tough job, and I, I, I think he honestly pulled it off, and is like very likable. Yeah, I found him like very likable. And it. for the most part, I really enjoyed the cl- the cast. Um, you know, I, I definitely got shades of Rogue One when uh, when uh, Woody's team died earlier on in the. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. They sacrificed themselves. I, so that was I Tanny Newton Ev- from uh, Westworld. Yeah, from Westworld. Yeah. And uh, hey, Mission Impossible too. <laughs> Did she pull her face off at one point in that movie? No, that's uh, face off. No, no, no. no, no I'm in, joking. in the movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was John everyone Woo. pulls their face off. Did John Woo direct face off as well? Yep. Yeah. Just but, loves making movies with people yeah. taking their goddamn face off. Can't wait. I actually sh- can't wait to rewatch Mission Impossible 2. Yeah, same here. It's like amazing. I would happily do... All the Mission Impossibles? No, comment- I remember we, we, we swore off commentaries because we kept picking terrible ones. But a Mission, Mission Impossible commentary would be fine. I think action movies are where it's at when it comes to Do you know what's wild? Brian De Palma, who's like one of the most celebrated like new wave American directors, did number one. Yeah. And it's the worst one because it's like... It's worse than two? No one... Well... 
no one knows what happens in it. It's extreme. Like everyone double crosses people to the, to yeah. the so many times that they uncross their double crossing, and you're like, oh, I think you've double crossed that person. To, that you're actually an ally. Like it's so confusing. And I think famously, people who worked on the movie had no idea what was going on. In That's it. the best. It's insane. Yeah, it's, well, but it's it, bad shit. It, two's so insane though because two just becomes a straight it's up not like, about double crossing. Movie. Yeah, but yeah, but but then every time you think. It's someone is someone. someone. They pull they pull their face off. It's like you realize that like maybe Tom Cruise's character is maybe thirty percent in the movie, and it's someone else's. Yeah, yeah. it's so wild. And um, John Woo always has like doves. Remember, like people walk in slow motion in guns, and then there's always birds behind them. It's wild as hell. Except these were Sydney seagulls. It's like (laughs) that was a wild time when he was out here making that. And Limp Bizkit did the theme song. I want to watch them all. Yeah. So this is what's admirable. Tom Cruise has been the face of that franchise for 22 years now. They haven't changed him. That's insane. First one was 96. But then we made six. Is that made six of them? This is six, I think. Yeah. Like Ghost Protocols for Rogue. Yeah, this is six. That's insane. And yeah. I don't think he's stopping. Well, this is like his one franchise that he's got because everything else he does... Is Dark just Universe. Like, Dark Universe. Yeah, I don't feel so good. I don't feel so good, Universal. <laughs> yeah. Um, how did you like the little Jabber reference? I missed it. Oh, he's like, oh, big gangster on Tatooine, got a, got a job for us. Oh, Woody, Woody says that, right? Yeah, and then at the yeah, end yeah, when yeah. they're in the Falcon, he's I, like, see, I, I forgot about that because then Han shoots him. <laughs> that was like that was stone cold. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's made up for the uh, special editions. And then and then Woody's like, oh, cool, you killed me good because I was going to do you anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was wild. Yeah, no, I look. I, there, there were moments I enjoyed in this. I I don't think it proved itself as a movie that needed to exist. At the end of the day. I'm and glad it, it exists. And it's certainly not a movie that I ever need to see again. I'm glad it exists. I think I would watch this before watching Rogue One. Oh, really? Yeah, I've had fun with it. It was just like a... With Rogue One, I'm like, it's quite a sad movie and it's very like dramatic and it's like a harder movie to watch sometimes because it is quite a like tragic, not fun movie. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think visually it's great. I love its historical context in the Star Wars Skywalker story but I think I would much put this on sometimes when I'm just like I just want to watch like a heist movie with Chewbacca yeah, it in it it wasn't a heist movie I wish well, not, no I, I want to watch a genre movie with sure. Chewbacca in it it was like three when, when a movie when a genre movie has three genres in it it's not really a genre movie anymore. was it space cowboy war war which is what Star Wars movies are a heist yeah heist. yeah but it reminded me of like a like a one shot comic and reminded me of like a Clone Wars episode and like I it really really felt like TV to me, like, like it, this it felt like, like, me. yeah, it, it looked did, but like, I mean, in, as far as a story and and, and direction mm. went, it really just felt like a, a long TV episode. And this is the other thing, like, the more uh, Star Wars is going to become less special in a sense because it's like if I have one apple, it's a very special apple because and, it's the only one, and I have a pen. <laughs> no, but then that, like, I have two apples. All of a sudden, that first apple becomes pen apple special. pen. What's that? Do you know that I have a pen. No. I have an apple. Is that what it is? Pen apple? What is it? A pineapple. Pen? No, it's Dory. We'll, we'll watch it. It's a, it's a great YouTube from Yanny? two years ago. No. Yes. <laughs> yes, Yanny. That's one thing I knew that happened while I was gone. What did you hear, by the way? Yanny a lot. Well, I'll tell you what I heard. Someone sent it to me. It's like, this is terrible. It was like an Instagram... And it's like, turn the volume up. What do you hear, Laurel or Yanni? And I was in a taxi in Japan and my friend sent it to me and I turned it up and it's like, you see the preview because it's in iMessage and you're like, oh, it's that Laurel, I'll do it. And then I'm waiting and the voice sounds the same, kicks in and it just keeps repeating the N word. (laughs) 
no i'm in attack and i start turning down my phone on my i'm like bright red i'm like Fuck. i was like someone like set me up that's wild it's pretty that, that's so that's what i heard yeah right <laughs> <laughs> we should have done it so um what are you here and it's just jeff yeah <laughs> oh my god uh, i heard yanni yeah me too and i was happy with that because then i read kanye heard yanni <laughs> do you still stand by kanye yeah okay like this is yeah we'll do that another episode <laughs> yeah. but like it's so funny people freaking out that kanye is saying stuff they don't agree with it's like, yeah but he's kind of built his career on that that's what i mean yeah, yeah. It's, funny. it's funny people being like oh, it's weird he's saying that. it's like have you like been around like do you remember any facet of him anyway that's another talk for another day um yeah, I, I would put this movie on before I watch Rogue One. Mm. I'm really keen to hear what you think of this after seeing it a second time. Yeah, me too. I'm going to see it uh, over this weekend or early next week. But for me, like it was like when I saw Last Jedi, I was like, oh, I'm not sure how I felt about that as a movie. I better see it again. This time, I'm just like, that was boring. Oh, this is what I was saying. When you have more apples, the first apple you have suddenly becomes less special. So one, once upon a time, this was like one movie, Star Wars. And then they put on a subtitle, mm. the new, A New Hope, and then it was a, just a trilogy. And it was like the holy trilogy. It was untouchable. And then they made the prequels. And then, you know what I mean? Like the Star Wars name is now like going to yeah, be a TV show Yeah, but I feel like soon. after the prequels, it was never less special. And they've built it up to be special again. Or, well, or time allowed it to become special Maybe time again. allowed yeah. it. But that's what I mean. Now for the rest of our lives, we're going to be having Star Wars constantly because it's a 40-year-old, crazily like adored and trusted brand. Yeah, fans of you're not just a fan of it; you're like feverishly a fan. And we're gonna have a TV series soon, a live action, a new 2D cartoon series. We're gonna have a movie every year. Like the thing is, Star Wars is gonna be coming like less special. I think Star Wars becomes exciting if if every new trilogy is about new characters, not telling the backstories of characters. And we've said this countless times on Hey Fam. We cannot wait for the moment when they finally break free of this. Let's stop talking about characters from the original trilogy that's why i'm so excited for and i know like mras everywhere are gonna dox me but the ryan johnson trilogy yeah which is no time we don't know when it's set we don't know who it's about but all we know it's got nothing to do with any of the star wars but if if, if they do want to delve into the past give me what they do with rogue one and tell a story that relates to the past featuring new characters i just I, i don't like seeing why characters are the way they are because of these you know the prequel, exactly, yeah. See, I, I think it can be if it's an interesting story, I'll be there for it. If it's a character I care about, what's interesting with Darth Vader and Anakin is like he's pole opposite to what Darth Vader is when he, the first time we meet Anakin. Mm. So the, the interesting story there is how does one become Darth Vader? I I just like Han and Chewie, so I will watch. I, I will gladly watch a movie starring these people because it's like it's like tin, like I would love if it becomes like the Tintin of Star Wars, where there's this like. The, the man and his Wookiee go on like adventures and it's a different one each time of a different cast of people. Like I will watch the shit out of those. I don't think they work as main characters though. I think Chewie always a good character, but I don't think I, I would much rather see them show up in another movie than like if uh, as yeah, side characters, side, side characters. I, I also think um, this was the best Chewie we've seen since the original trilogy. Okay. Cause he basically did nothing in, um, in Last, Last Jedi, Jedi. Yeah. But I, I, I love him in Force Awakens. Though. It's great in Force Awakens. He's, he's so sad. It's actually, yeah, it's, it's a bit, man, that, that, that tears me up. Yeah. But I did, I, I, I think this is like my favorite Chewie I've seen in a long time. Covered in mud. I love when he gets in the shower. Oh, how good's the shower? Yeah. That, that to me was like one of the best things I've seen. Like I've now seen a movie where Han and Chewie get in a shower together and they <laughs> look at each other and act weird. Uh, well, Chewie doesn't. Chewie's he's just like, it. yeah. He's God. naked all the time. Yeah, yeah. Totally. 
Oh, also, what, you know what I really liked? Um, so in the previous canon, I think it was established that Chewie had a life debt to Han for rescuing Wookiees or something. Right. And I'm so glad that's not the case because that immediately discounts their friendship and makes like Chewie the property of Han. Yeah, totally. And I was the whole time I was like, please don't do that. And Chewie could have gone with Wookiees in this back. But, and I love the fact that Chewie is like a character who's made a decision to hang out with Han. Yeah. And I liked that we didn't have some weird, sad story about him and his wife having to say goodbye. We don't even know if he has a wife. Yeah, yeah. That's what I like. But I think we all presumed, presumed that though when we well, saw him hugging another Wookiee in the trailer. And that's just maybe how Wookiees do things around here. Yeah. They give literally little hugs. I hug on my bros. Yeah. You and I gave each other a huge hug. Big old broski hug. Um, and I really like that Chewie didn't have to like be the property of Han because of a, 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 like a selfless act Han made. I love the fact he's like, this dude's cool. I'm hanging out with him. He got me out of that prison. Like that's all we need to know. Hey, we didn't talk about Lando potentially fucking robots. Fucking robots. No, we have. It's the name of the episode. Yeah, so. yeah sure. But like, uh, so recently a, a, st- a Kasdan came out and said that, um, the son, Land- not, not Larry Kasdan, oh, right. John Kasdan. Yeah. He's like, but- Oh, Lando's pansexual. Um, and now, um, Donald Glover's like, well, yeah, it's space. Like, Blob that like it doesn't you know this guy's fucking anything yeah like that's fine and but, but obviously the people who uh, loved the last Jedi really loved this one too you know what I mean there was a lot of like not my Lando yeah totally but this Lando totally fucked a space robot yeah and it's that's fine it works it works is, is, is that was the line right she it works. said it works it works yeah 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 Amelia Clark's like Kira's like how does that work She's did, like it works did all the jokes land in the cinema for you they weren't crazy last but then i don't think there was a lot of jokes no there's heaps of jokes are there every every line l3 says is a joke i know it was a about joke the, about the uprising of like i don't think that was a joke i thought to me that was like in the harry potter books when like hermione wants to free all the house elves i just thought it was someone who's like i don't like this yeah but i think it is like a, it is meant to be funny i don't know if it was i think it was to me it was me seeing you saw Enfys nest which was a certain form of rebellion the yeah little like Marauders, and he saw L three, which was like this other. Ver- I, I, this movie to me was seeing different versions of rebellion, and she was this person that this droid that was like, well, "Why am I the? Why does this person own me?" And like, I don't think that's right. And like, rebelling against that. Yeah. And then you got Han. Like to me, it was like seeing different versions of rebellion. Sure. And what so about? I took it as that, not as like a comedy beat. I was like, and then what I love more so that's like kind of the and this is a shitty way to put it because I can't think of a better word. But now that that is like the soul of the Millennium Falcon. This, like, oh, no, I like, I like that part. Yeah, but I yeah, like yeah, that that's yeah. where it kind of... That's why it makes... That's that why I, I enjoy that. Um, what about... Is this the first uh, Star Wars movie with swearing in it? Because he's about to say, oh, shit. Oh, shit. He also says, bantha crap. And he also says... Um, she says, ass. L3 says, ass. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it is. Wow. That's fine with... And they, it's another... It's the second Star Wars movie that mentions hell. Yeah, yeah, sure. I was like, ah, oh, sick. That's cool. They mentioned hell in there. It's just a... Turn a phrase or something. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot you said ass. Well, Jar Jar says icky, icky, poodoo or something when he treads in poo. So I think maybe that could be the first time we've had swearing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, give us your thoughts on it when you see it again for next sure, week. For sure. I, I am really looking forward to seeing it again because, again, that first time I can't give a real reaction. I can't, like, like remember after seeing Rogue One was like oh that was this and now I can be like you know what that 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 movie's I, I really like Rogue One it's got a special spot it's the first standalone but it's also very much 
a Star Wars episode without being a Star Wars. It's very follows a blueprint of something that worked. Yeah, I, I, my, my final thoughts are I don't think it was bad. I just think it was boring. And yeah. I never walked out of a Star Wars movie, even the ones I didn't like with this feeling. And this is, this is what I'm trying... This is what I was saying with the Apple thing. Like with Marvel movies, like you start having so many that some start to be excellent and some start to be like, oh, that was, that was fine. And yeah, is I that what we're going to get I now? I think franchise stuff can ebb and flow. Like, you know, it's not like the, the Marvel movies have gotten... Boring and stayed Not boring. No, and they like, had a know, great we, streak we've recently. Had a, totally, like an incredible streak recently. So this I just is think this is just a, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just a low point for me. It's interesting too because again, it's the one that seems to be this black sheep that came out at a different time that had this like huge blow up behind the scenes. That mm. there's no big promotional tie-ins with it. It's a smaller release, even smaller than Rogue One in terms of pr- promo. I think. In terms of, like well, I mean, Rogue One still managed to be the highest selling movie yeah. of the year that this came one, out Infinity in the War, one in like, one month. We all knew this wouldn't be <coughs> Infinity War. Yeah, will be totally. It's interesting, and maybe it's and Black Panther. Oh fuck, that's right. Black Panther will be. Whereas Infinity no, War Infinity was already beat it. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Wow. Racist. <laughs> no, he's in both. Yeah, but like, is no one else is the same color? <laughs> um, I uh, I'm, I'm curious. I'm really curious to see how this does at the box office. Yeah. So well, I think it'll be the lowest grossing Star Wars movie. Yeah, I think it could be could well be. I could be the lowest grossing cinematic film. Um, I'm 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 seeing it was like post Rogue One. People loved it. The initial fan feedback I'm seeing, or people hating it, which seems to be that's that's any Star Wars movie fan feedback. So that doesn't add anything. What to is it. what have some of the like you know loudest people, haters been saying? Um, I think they're just being like. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of a lot of people just like oh this is like a lot of people just like this is what I want from a Star Wars yeah that's movie. what I've mostly seen like people have been saying like Star Wars is back Star so Wars like, is good again I was like yeah you, the last Jedi came out last year like you know what I mean like it, it <laughs> people is still, fucking hated that didn't they yeah maybe I don't know maybe this is the movie Disney needed right now mm. for Star Wars for it to be like liked after oh. the visit but I you know what I'd rather take a movie that like splits audiences than a movie that's unanimously liked. So the um, are you doing Levin's number bu- number crunch bit? Do you like the number crunch? It's bit? my favorite bit when you go to like your accountant and email them and ask them to tell you like what movies. <laughs> All right, so guess what the well, we'll do worldwide figures. Yeah. Guess what the um, <laughs> I love when you do this. Guess what the the Star Wars movie with the highest um, uh, takings, The Force Awakens. Force Awakens, yeah, with over two billion worldwide. It's the second highest grossing movie of all time, I think. It's insane. Yeah. Um, okay, and now guess what the lowest is. Uh, Revenge of the Sith. No. Return of the Jedi. Yes. Yes. Um, Return of the Jedi. And then... Uh, Empire. Then Empire and Star Wars, so they're the bottom three. Yep. Then um, Revenge of the Sith, Attack no. of the Clones. No. Attack of the Clones is, num- is the sixth list, list right. grossing. Then Revenge of the Sith. Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Rogue One. Rogue One. Last Jedi. Force Awakens. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't I think it'll it's... Be, it'll make more than the prequels. I reckon it'll make more than... So, to make more than Phantom Menace, it needs to beat... Hit, hit a billion. Okay, I think it's going to make more than Attack of the Clones. Needs to do more than six forty. I reckon, I reckon, I reckon do it will. More than Revenge yeah, of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith is eight forty-eight. I reckon do more than that. You reckon? It's, yeah. getting, it's getting dangerously close to the billion. I don't think this is. I reckon around six hundred is 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 the is a safe bet for this movie for me. Is that not just box office takings? Isn't it worldwide? So we won't right, really know that. that. It's going to fit in that slot. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, really yeah, is. absolutely. Yeah. So does it literally go from the top? Um, Ep seven, Ep eight, Rogue One. 
From what, sorry? From the top, like top three are Ep7, Ep8 and Rogue One. Yep. That's crazy. They, they're, they're, I mean, that was exciting. That was like three years of like Star Wars, which we'd had a drought for, for like close to 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone talks about what a massive drop um, there was between Force Awakens and Last Jedi, but I mean, Last Jedi still did 1.3 billion worldwide. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I love being the numbers guy. You, I love you, it. You used to be the numbers guy. I love being the like numbers I've, I've guy. Taken, I love it. It's mantle. fun. It's like the price is right. <laughs> Just guessing where movies lined up. Yeah, I think it's going to fit in there. And I think, you know what? I think they know that. I think that's why it was always going to have a May release. I think that's why it's not this big movie. And I think they're just like maybe testing to be like, can we do these smaller movies? And are they sustainable as a business model? And yeah. we continue to do movies this budget, this whatever, and then do pump all the money into the big episode i don't know what do you think is next do you think we're gonna do a sequel to solo um i reckon kenobi and I reckon it's gotta happen it's basically been confirmed so long by so many different like very reputable See, sources I, I, as, as as bored as i was with this movie just having mcgregor you and mcgregor back is it's exciting like, to me that, I'm like, that's okay, I'll see exciting it. that's yeah. like the best thing ever um i reckon kenobi and then i think we start getting right then i think Episode nine. I you think don't. Kenobi, you, there's no feeling of it being a massive universe, though. If you do a Kenobi movie, I no. Think you want it to feel small, and that's why I want. You want it to be a character movie. Like yeah, I want it yeah. to be like two characters. <laughs> I want to be no. I want it to be like super low budget, shot on Tunisia, just him on Tatooine. Yeah, no. Just that's the only planet. Yeah. Yeah. I want that. I want him to just be this hermit who's kind of. How does Darth Maul factor in? Well, I've seen how Darth Maul dies, and it's in Rebels, and it's. So, so he, that character has died. So he's dead. Yeah, and it's an amazing so actually episode. Dead. It's one of the best episodes. And one of like a very good Star Wars moment, he finds Kenobi on Tatooine. Wait, so when does, Re- when does Rebels end? Just before Rogue One. Oh, okay, right. Okay. Rebels ends like a little bit before Rogue One. All right, interesting. Yeah. So Maul's not around then. Okay. Um, and, so we uh, can't have him popping up in like nine as like a super old villain. So what what do we know is coming? So we obviously we know episode nine is next December. Yeah. Then after that, fuck, it's a long maybe time. Maybe Johnson's movies get announced. And the then we also have John Favreau's TV, TV series. series. We've got which um, we know they, they announced the setting for that, which set is six years after Return of the Jedi. That's right. With new characters. Yep. Um, then we've got Dave Filoni's new series starting this year, Resistance, 2D Star Wars cartoon. Which oh, I'm it's pumped, 2D? Yeah, which Sick. I'm pumped about. That's awesome. Because that, that, that was like the main thing stopping me from watching Rebels. That's right. And it has it, Gwendolyn Christie I just don't like that, that and um, Oscar Isaac in it as Poe and um, really? Smart. Yeah. Right. So it's set like just before Force it's Awakens? It's set before Force Awakens. Interesting. About a young pilot in Resistance. <clears throat> um, my theory is Mark Hamill's going to be in it and there'll be like an arc of him... Maybe Ben. I'm not too sure, but they're going for that period, which is sick. I reckon we get a big Star Wars announcement at E3 this year uh, for, for a story-based yeah, 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 game. Sure. We Fuck, finally, we fucking get, have to get it. Right? We have to get it. Yeah, I think post nine's interesting. I think they're going to really be like that was a phase. That will be phase one, like so to speak, of this new Disney Star Wars thing. And then I think phase two is going to be really different. You've got the Ryan Johnson trilogy. I think they'll in ten years after that announce ten, eleven, twelve when. You know, Finn, Ray, everyone's aged up. Yeah, yeah. But in the, then that'll be like this crazy decade of like standalones or trilogies that are standalone. I don't know. It's going to be interesting, but they're not going to stop. No, they definitely ain't going to stop. I wonder if they take a year off. I mean, this is the longest. We've got, uh, what, 18 months between Star Wars movies. Yeah, see how funny that I was like, you know, oh, this is really boring. You know, it doesn't need to exist. Then you're like, oh, you mean we've got to wait a year and a half for episode nine? Fuck. If we used to have to hung- wait three years hungry for between it, the prequels and yeah, three right. years between the original trilogy. Wow. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. But now it's fine. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. Maybe this is the movie we need right now. The movie they need 
to see can they sustain making it. I, I will go out by saying I really liked it. I there were parts I loved. I can't assess it properly though. It's a story, so I'm not as invested in the in Rogue One and like Solo. Like I'm excited they exist, but also I'm excited I don't have to like pour my heart and soul into the stories. Like they're not vital when I do a rewatch a lot of the time when I watch them all again. Like the episodes for me are like doctrine. I understand these are canon. I love it, but I won't need to learn every line or study them the way I do the Skywalker saga. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad it exists, but I understand it's going to be held up to scrutiny alongside those other films. And maybe down the line, the stories and Skywalker saga movies won't be held under the, the a set, a same shared scrutiny. I don't know. But I'm glad it exists. And look, it's not going anywhere. And, you know, we could go into far more detail about what happened behind the scenes and should have they made this movie. I'm sure there are other podcasts that are not much better than we like, could too. The worst podcasts that do that better than us. <laughs> but uh, I honestly think Ron Howe did a great job. It's the first time an Academy Award winning director has like directed yeah, Star Wars, see, which I, is I, weird. I disagree with that. I think this felt like TV. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, 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 I liked I think the DP, the direction, the uh, cinematography is my favorite thing about it. Uh, I think it looked like a movie, but mm. it felt like TV. Sure. Yeah, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, maybe what's interesting too is this was a movie that was around before Disney. So that, that to me, I mean, are they clearing out movies? And so was Rogue One. That was pitched before. Mm. No, that was pitched straight after the Disney purchase. But it, I'm like, was this part of a deal? Like, oh, we've got to make this movie. Is that why? Because he did Force Awakens, Lawrence Kasdan. They're like, you have to do the, we have to make the solo movie now. Yeah, right. I'm very interested to see like why this was a carryover from the um, Lucasfilm purchase. Well, hopefully they'll get a reveal you know in the what? future. I, I, I would happily watch, and I hope to watch, I really hope I get to watch more movies with um, Alden as Han and with Chewie. I'd yeah, like, right. I okay, well, more. at the end of the day, that's kind of like, you know. That's what like, I want. Yeah, yeah. It ended with me being like, cool, now I want more. Like, we got we did the housekeeping, we've met Chewie, we've got the Falcon. I want to see these adventures now of him, like, cruising around the galaxy. How many years do you reckon there are until A New Hope after this, after Solo I think there's adventures? like 15 15? Fucking hell. Yeah, right, okay. Hmm. How old is he in A New Hope? He's like 35 in A New Hope. Okay, so you reckon he's 20? Yeah, I think he's just 20 now. Okay. Yeah. And what's interesting, you know, because he's like off to see Jabba to do the the, the spice So he's a dumb teen in the the epilogue. Probably in the prologue. Yeah, he's a teen. Teen and then... And then he's like uh, just 20 Because he gets three years later. Yeah, Yeah. I'd say he's like 20, 21. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, and so he's like early 30s. So we've got like 10 something years... Before shit hits the fan. All right. Well, let us know if you liked or did not like this movie. You can find us online at Facebook. Sorry if my answer is a cop out as well. I just want to say my. No, it's not. I think no. Like like Star Wars means something very different to everybody. And And look around this room right now. Like you're sitting in my living room where it's like we don't have like like there's just Star Wars every. It's like every corner there's Star Wars stuff. Like I just treat them as movies. I think it's more than just that to you. And I love the fact that this is what I was thinking before. I love that we have this dynamic. Yeah, like for you, I love having that we both have completely different attachments to it. Mm. But it's awesome that you come come along for the ride. Like I love that, and you see it as like a normal. Except person. for last night, sorry. <laughs> no, no, but I mean like the ride of the movies coming. Yeah, out yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love that you're a normal person doing it, and then, in this instance, not in most. But then the other sometimes ones, yeah. you're like yeah. the you know there are other things where I'm more the like pedestrian fan of something when you're like the hardcore fan of things. And I that's, think ba- I lo- Batman and Spider Man are the ones that we that we most. Uh, equal on Yeah absolutely They're our guys Yeah Batman, Spider-Man And Zelda And Zelda Yeah <laughs> All Nintendo shit Fuck I'm so excited For the next few weeks Of Hey Fam Because so much Incredible oh, content yes. Came out over the last 
a uh, few weeks all your way. Some of it I, I partook in. <coughs> yeah, Donkey yeah, yeah. So you bought Donkey Kong Tropical Feeds while you're over there. What I can say is thank God for fucking region free switches, baby. Like, yeah, you were able to buy, that, buy that game in Japanese. I walked into their equivalent of like yeah. JB Hi-Fi, Bic camera. And the day of release that it came out in Australia, I'm like, I'll get Donkey Kong cheaper. Mm. Didn't get that silly old Nintendo tax that they have on international shit. <laughs> Popped it in. Didn't even have to select languages because my Switch is uh, set to English and stuff. It just immediately starts playing. Oh, that's playing. so good. It was so good. That's and awesome. now I have killer box art that's in Japanese. Yeah, that's unreal. Yeah. Um, and then uh, on the video game front, um, I've also uh, played and almost finished God of War. So which I haven't played, so I'm so excited. Well, so I was, I was like, like, I told you, I was, you know, I'll lend it to you yeah, when you yeah, get back. You, you should fucking buy it. Yeah, I want to buy it. It's a game that you'll want to have forever. I, I, I hear like, it's like one I, of the. I would have finished it. Like, I was like, this time last week, I was actually, oh, even earlier, I was on a tear and just like journey through the story and then suddenly I was like oh I wonder what all these side quests are you said they're as good as the main story oh my right? god they are satisfying so we'll talk about it more in depth I'm yeah. like I might even 100% this game I'm That's really huge. really close to I don't think you've done that to a PS4 game uh, yeah I don't think so oh no I've got yeah Lego Dimensions oh no Lego Dimensions <laughs> before they 100% had, uh, went bankrupt or something <laughs> Yeah, before they released all the extra extra stuff for it I, I, am one, I platinum trophy to Lego Jesus, Dimensions I love it um, well, it's um, good to be back. I'm so glad. And one stage we're going to do this in the um, sports bar. But I was like, we need to have a proper. Sit- no, got, to, got to be in your house, surrounded by all the Star Wars bullshit that you own. Um, I'm still so tired. I'm running on two hours sleep. Yeah, you see, so like a little bit jet lagged and a midnight screening. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was hard because I dropped like I, I got home late because I went and like dropped people home and then got here and was like. Now I go to sleep and it was like four or something. I was like, up. It felt like I closed my eyes and woke up again at like six. I was like, here we go, and just work. And then it's just I, I can't wait to see it again, just like fresh, yeah, and ready to see it and not be like, oh, I wonder what the credits are going to look like. And you know what I liked? I loved I loved the opening a long time ago, and then like the the title cards. Yeah, I thought I was I was really into that. I like I liked that that they did that. It was a this motherfucker is still going, everybody. It's a it's a scroll. <laughs> Opening crawl without the crawl. It reminded me of like Blade Runner or something like a real 80s I, movie. I really felt like Blade Runner at the start. Talking I, about type totally of fuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I like this. I really like <laughs> Daddy that. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I tried to say it earlier and I'll try and say it again now. If you want to find us online, facebook.com slash podcast, or if you want to support the show um, and talk about us uh, one-on-one in our very exclusive mm. HeyFam hey chat group, you can uh, head to patreon.com slash HeyFam. Also, and, uh, um, we're doing a new episode for the Patreon next week, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we've got a, a new episode of our, our, our radio show, HeyFam. Yeah, fuck yeah, we're gonna yeah. do it. Yeah, so it, no, two thousand and eight hits. Two thousand and eight. We yeah. go back ten years ago and do the, the music that we loved in two thousand and eight. Yeah, um, for I can't wait. Hey FM, which is a Patreon exclusive. When um, I said I can't wait, there it was a W and then a numeral eight. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Is that um, earliest podcast we've recorded? Yeah. Oh no, I mean we do all oh, besides the, lunchtime ones. Yeah, yeah. this is the earliest at home podcast we've done. Yeah, which is feels nice. good, bro. It feels it good really not to be good. yawned. Feels- I, I didn't yawn once in this episode. Normally there's like ten. Yeah, you're right. I, I missed the yawns. I'll, I'll add some in when I edit this. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to uh, let me and Angus know if, if you like this movie or not, uh, good places to, to find us are on Twitter at Jimmy Changus. And thanks for adding us. Like we we get added with people like talking yeah. about movies and games and stuff. Love I it. love it. Yeah, yeah. At Jimmy Changus for Angus on uh, Instagram and Twitter, and I'm at Levdog L E V D O W G. And you can find us in the. Uh, Planet Broadcasting Great Mates group as yeah. well. And we've both got Apple Watches, so if you want to just track our fitness, shoot us a line. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's another like Patreon bonus. I yeah, like you can I'm track like, our fitness. I've got like Did you see what I was pulling every day in Japan? You're doing some good walks. I was like doing twenty five K minimum a day. That's awesome. It's insane. And you can't you don't even notice it. Yeah. You're like, Oh, I've accidentally walked thirty Ks again. 
Fam, I'm looking forward to the uh, the next couple of episodes with you. We should do an Atlanta episode too. If you've, if you've watched the full you season. You paid me now. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't quite finished it yet. What are you up to? I'm like six or something like that. So I'm, so was I'm, the last I'm, one you saw, Drake episode? No, I haven't seen that one yet. It's Drake's one in it. I mean, I just, it's known as the Drake episode. All oh, right, and the, the Barber episode was the last one I saw, which is like episode I five. Who was six. that episode? It's fucking incredible. You guys talking to you about that? Yeah, one, Donald Glover like, directed it, and he's not even in it. It's like so a bottle episode, just a straight comedy episode. It's fucking great. It's incredible because it follows a really heavy dramatic one. Anyway, yeah. I want. I would. I think it would be really fun to dissect Atlanta. Yeah, um, but instead we're going to talk about this is America. No, <laughs> the video. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, as we ha- usually say every single week, but we haven't in quite a long while, we'll say it in unison right now. Enjoy. One, two. Well, you say one, two. One, two, three. Enjoy, Enjoy your, your morning. morning. Bye. Hey! Bam, 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 bam. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.